Welcome to the Further North Podcast, your weekly dose of the North Melbourne Footy Club. My name is Josh, and this is a fan-run podcast doing match previews, reviews, and everything north. Let's get it started. Welcome back to the Further North Podcast. We've got some North Melbourne podcast royalty on the podcast. I don't want to toot your own horn. Uh, we've got Marnie. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Uh, could be better after the weekend, but here we are. Here we are. I don't know about uh, North Melbourne podcast royalty. I'll run, <laughs> we'll run with it for the sake of Well, you today. Feel you're, you're a regular on hashtag kangaroos. You're Correct. on North Talk as well. Yeah. Um, and here you are on mine. Okay, if the shoe fits, we'll just go. Well, we'll go, go with it. <laughs> if someone claims you as royalty for this world, you have to take it. I'll take so it. So you don't get to pick your own nickname. Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. I, okay. If I was to pick my own nickname for – I would. it's the queen of the Jasper Pittard fan club. Jasper Pittard fan club or Hugh Greenwood fan club? Oh. If they're both standing in front of you, Hugh Greenwood and Jasper Pittard, and they're like, come with me. Which, it's which Jasper. Direction? It's Jasper every day. I only have one badge on my scarf and it's still the Jasper Pittard badge. Jasper Pittard. I can't believe I've managed to get another podcast and talk about Jasper Pittard. <laughs> I'm doing well. No, I'm doing so there's a, well. There's a very regular theme if you've listened to Marty before on other podcasts about Jasper Pittard and Hugh Grant. I forgot the Jasper Pittard one actually. I forgot that you're <laughs> such a bit. It's been all Hugh for so long now. Well, I mean, we're trying to stay relevant. So yeah, we're true. on the Hugh bandwagon for now. But Jasper Pittard, always in my heart. What is it about Jasper? That, what is it? It was because when he came across the North, no mm. one rated him. And I was like, why would we have gone after him? This was the second time we went after him as well when he came across with Polak. And I thought, well, why would we have gone after him if he's really that bad? Yeah, yeah. So I got on board. And I'm not – he didn't tur- He didn't set the world on fire and I've never He was all right though. He was better than Pollock. He was serviceable <laughs> for the, you know, 18 months that he played before he was dropped in the middle of 2020. And True. I, you know, Sounds that's like how the love affair – I'm not over, <laughs> I'm not it. over it. it. I will never get over it. That's how the love <laughs> affair started. And all we right. just kind of – we're <laughs> here with it. We're coming in way too later. hot for the start of this podcast. Podcast. I've are. opened up a whole box of emotions and <laughs> okay, I don't know. It's going back in the box. I did, have, the I did box. have a question. Before we close that box, one more question. Okay. If Hugh Greenwood leaves, who's yeah. next? Who's next in the team? Who's I your stand? I don't want to taint some poor player. Let's just see how it goes. Jack Marnie, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Dan Howe. Dan Howe. Oh, stop it. No, we don't, we don't talk about We're really closing this box now. Let's close that box. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, thank you for coming back after a fantastic performance on the weekend. Um, as we know, North Melbourne going down to Port Adelaide in Hobart, which I went down to with uh, the North Melbourne closer to a flag, guys. Was it worth the flight and the price of admission? No. Not, no, I didn't not, think so. Not really. No. Um, but we did go down. I'm just going to look at the final score here if we want to relive that. Uh, Port Adelaide, 135 North Melbourne 65, which compared to St Kilda game, much, improvement, much improvement. better, much better. And uh, the the close to a flag guys did put out. I think if you combine the VFL and AFL scores, we win on aggregate. Okay, I'm taking that. Which I will we'll absolutely take it and take. run with it. Yeah. And I'm not going to toot my own horn. Coleman Jones's nine goals would have been fantastic. In oh, our it would have been line. handy. A and couple, I did. Even I called two or three. it. Even two or three of them would have been handy. I called it last week. I'm not going to brag the whole podcast. Look out, look out, Clarko. Look out. Josh is coming for you. 
<laughs> if Brett Ratton, I don't know what he's doing at the club right now. If if I if I can take Brett Ratton's seat up in the coach's box, even just give me on the match uh, the the match committee selection committee yeah. selection committee, you'd have a contact in there by now, wouldn't you? You could. I'll find one. Yeah, you will. I'll find one. Absolutely. For you. All right, we're going to get into it. Um, we're going to start with team lineup. We're going to start with team lineup. What did you think of the ins? Obviously, I can't. I know what you thought of the ins. You <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the ins and outs? So in Hugh Greenwood, out Ben Cunnington and Lazaro. That's a good place to start. Ben Cunnington's omission. What did you think of that? Yeah, look, obviously we all know I love Hugh Greenwood. I think he should be playing every week. But it's, it hurts to have it at the expense of Cunnington. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, it, it's hard to watch his decline. I actually thought he was good against the Gold Coast and then I thought he was good against the D's but then under the roof at Marvel mm. against St Kilda completely exposed. So he probably would have suited the game on Saturday. I agree with that. That's what I thought too. I think, you know, you've got – it's going to be an in and under game. You're out in the elements. I understand the Marvel thing where it's a faster track and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I agree. I think it was strange dropping him for that game. But, but you know what, if he needed a rest – then mm. fine, do it that week. Because then what happens if he's had a down game against St Kilda and then he backs it up with another poor performance against um, it's true. against Port? And that's not good for his personal, you know, self-belief. Ben Cunnington in general, do you think he should be in the team more weeks than not? Yes, I do. Because yeah. I think when he's on, yeah. while he's – he's ne- we're never going to get the Cunnington that we once had and we've kind of got to just accept that. I think a lot of people have. Mm. But I still think he adds a lot to the side that he should be in most weeks. But I'm yep. also not opposed to resting him if he does need a rest to help keep his form where it needs to be. No, that's true. I think I said last podcast that I, th- for me, Shields, Goldie, Zebel, and Cunnington should basically get their spot every week I agree and just that. rotate kids around them. I think his leadership in the middle alone is enough to get him in this team, which is below par, obviously. Yeah. But like, we need someone in there to direct some traffic. You know, but and it's the and we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. But the Goldstein to Cunnington, I mean, yes. that's a match made in heaven, and we it missed is. it on the weekend. So yeah, well, we finally could have had Cunnington, LDU, and Simkin in the middle. Are we ever? Are we going to see them the no. trio together <laughs> no. in the side before the end of the year? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay, I'll no. keep dreaming then. Dreaming yes. of better days. You give up your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, Advice guys. for the day, guys. I Give up that. on your dreams. Yeah, it, it's it's a safer space. <laughs> um, and Charlie Lazaro, I mean, I wasn't too upset about him going out of the team. There's When they brought Lazaro and Jack Marnie into the team last week, I know that we're at a point now where you, you throw people in and we'll see if they've got anything. Those two, for me, just aren't going to do it. And... Uh, Charles Lazaro seems like the best bloke ever. He he's seems great. really nice um, and I want him to do really well. And his VFL form was pretty good as well. But I don't know. You know when you look at a player and you're just like, they're just not it? It's like just, we did with yeah. Kane Turner and Daniel Howe for a, for a long <laughs> period of time. Yeah, pretty much every week until they were dropped. Absolutely. No, and I get that. And it's like riding that fine line between how long do you persist and then when do you pull the plug? Because mm. you've got – there's quite a few guys and Phoenix Spicer got his shot on the weekend and we'll yes. eventually bring back Phillips and we'll eventually bring back Powell. And it's like how long – they don't have long to make an impression. Yeah. Especially when – I feel like we're going to start seeing the rest of this year to be a bit of like auditioning to stay on the list for next year. I think it's got to be 
that way now. Because this is not Clarko's list and I'm sure no. he's hungry to get his hands stuck into it but yeah. he's got to go through the whole list and see who makes it and who doesn't mm. and who kind of survives for next year. Yeah. So you only really have one or two shots realistically. That's, that's one thing that I'm already and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. I'm already excited for the off-season to see massive turnover. And I think I was saying to you before we started – I've realised in the last month that there is so much more. You know how when opposition fans were telling us that our list has no depth, we've got no talent? Yeah. And we're always defending it and going, no, we've got this guy and this guy. We've got Kane Turner. Yeah, we, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. He's probably going to be in next week too. Um, we just need so much more turnover than I originally thought. And it's really come to show this year. And you're right, it's not Clarkson's list. I think we're all as a fan base realising that now. And it is going to take a little bit longer than maybe competing for finals in 2025 or something like that, I think. And it hurts because there's been, you know, pretty much the day in 2016 when Petrie and Boomer and them mm. were announced they wouldn't be carrying on. We've yeah. been on a pretty much a downhill slope. Yes. From then, we had a couple sugar hits. We had the sugar hit of Reshaw. We <sighs> had the sugar hit of 2018 when we, you know, we won, you know, whatever, 10 games and we finished, you know, 10th mm. or whatever it was. And we kind of thought maybe things will be okay, but yeah. it was all just band-aids. Drop. Yeah. It was band-aids over the issue. So now it's really raw and exposed and it has been since the turn of COVID. Yes. So, yeah, true. you no, know, true. how much, I think as a fan, you sit here and you think how much further down are we going to go before it starts to come back up? Hopefully not below the West Coast Eagles. Oh, don't. <laughs> At least we can field a team. We're one step <laughs> well, ahead there. Well, not after the weekend we can't. <laughs> well, we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else you would have wanted to come into that team? Well, like you, Coleman Jones. I thought he was a walk-up start. Um, Absolutely. And I... And it's no disrespect to Griffin Logue. I think Logue's been, you know, a fantastic I, I really recruit. I really like Logue, yeah. A recruit for us um, and a really good addition to the side. But his best position is in, the back in line. defense. Yep. So, you know, ra- and it's the same thing. It's like rather than play him out of position and let it's a hit to his confidence, yeah. just play him at his, where he's at his strength mm. and play Coleman Jones. And then Coleman Jones just gave us a big slap in the face by kicking nine in the VFL. Damn you, Coleman Jones. Should have kicked like five just to make us not feel as bad for not having him in the team. It's pretty selfish on, on his part. but Yeah, but he had a point to prove. He did. And, and I'm he glad did. he proved it. Imagine if he doesn't get selected next week. Or imagine if he comes in and just, oh, oh I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about him not having an impact. That's true. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, positivity. Another can of worms positivity. opened. Eddie Ford. Did you think maybe Eddie Ford, he kicked oh, four? Was it four? And so, no, he, Cooper Harvey kicked four. He kicked three the week before. Yeah, in the so in the, f- the week before um, he had 12 touches and three goals in the opening quarter, I thought he definitely would have had a shot. Mm. Um, again, disappointed that he didn't. Whether, you know, we made five changes against St Kilda, so whether we just wanted to, you know, let those guys kind of feel each other out and just see how the flow of the team worked, and I think it did mm. work. Um better than it had the previous few weeks anyway. So maybe Clarko was like, "Mm, not going to pull the trigger. I'll just make a couple of changes. And it hindsight, you know, (laughs) while I would have liked to see him play, probably not the worst thing in the world because now we've got six force changes this week. It's true. What about Will Phillips? I can't get my head around what's going on there. Strange, isn't it? It's a weird situation. Because I don't think he was bad enough to get dropped. No, but... Uh, And I understand going back to the VFL for form... 
And then surely, how much longer can we do this for? I know yeah. he missed all of you know last year, and I get it. But he had a whole preseason. It's that, like the preseason alone should get you ready for the season, in, in my opinion. Not that I've had an AFL preseason, but I wonder how long a carryover from something like that can be the cause of not performing. And they've got to make the decision to commit. I remember in LDU's first few years, I was sitting here thinking mm. this guy was taken with the top with the top five pick and what Fourth, are we, yeah. do, you know, if he was pick number four, we expected big things. Didn't have an impact straight away. Yeah. And he kind of started getting antsy, but we persisted, persisted, and now look where we are. Mm. You know, and it's like how you've, when do we pull the trigger to say, all right, we're committing to Phillips. Yeah. And we just let just him play. Just him. keep playing What do you him? think his... What do you think he will bring to the team when he's at full form? Like, he's very small. But he's probably one of the most accurate kicks on the list. Yeah. Mm. I mean, some of his pinpoint passes, you know, you wouldn't yeah. even see that from uh, from an LDU <laughs> or a Simkin. I'm so sorry to point them out specifically, but yeah. we're for comparing midfielders, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, in there. Mm. And he's really cool, calm, collected under pressure. He's decision-making under pressure. He doesn't yeah. rush. These things you can't teach. Mm. And there's plenty of players in our team who need skills like that. And that's True. something we're calling it crying out I think out that's the for. biggest thing we could have used in so many of these games is a little bit of, of polish. Yeah. You know, a little bit of class. Absolutely. I don't think there's anyone else really. I'm just looking through some of the players in the VFL, but there's not really anyone else I think that really could have come in. Obviously, we saw Phoenix Spicer come in. Um, I don't think Phoenix Spicer will make it at AFL level, but I really want him to. Because yeah. a couple of times he did – there's one time we were watching him, I think it was his second touch of the game, and he's picked the ball up off half forward, ran around somebody and tried to run into an open goal and hit the post. He's exactly the kind of player that we need, but he's not the player. He's not – yeah. Do like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's – I think if he was a bigger body, he's got the talent and I think he's got the skill the skill set to a degree or what he should be – should have the skill set. Yeah. He's so small. It's the expectation versus reality and yeah. that's a problem that kind of flows with a lot of the players in the side at the moment for me. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, he's not he's not much taller than me and for those <laughs> who haven't met, I'm about five foot three. So <laughs> I'm short, right? Yeah. He's not much taller than me. He's probably about 43 kilos and as he's, well. You he's know, tiny. He's just, you know, and he looks like you could snap him in half, to be perfectly yeah. honest. But, but, it, but I, a couple of times he was around the ball he was exciting when he got it and he tried to do something. He didn't get executed well, but he's just got this burst of pace that no one else in the team does. No, exactly. And like it, it's what we it's what we need and mm. what we don't have, but he's not there yet. Yeah. He probably needs to be another tier or two better quality a player with that skill set to be playing every week. But and at it, this point, I, I didn't mind seeing him in and I wouldn't be against giving him a run of games because I don't know. Sometimes we just need a spark, like Zerha can spark. And you want and turn someone it who wants to be there. That's mm. the other issue that we've got at the moment, which I know we'll talk about we'll later as well. He wants to perform and he wants to contribute week in, week out. Yeah. So it's that tricky balance of, you know, how many of these guys are we just going to let them play? Yes. And very then, true. Well, yeah. we're running out of options anyway because yeah. all of our players are They're injured. They're all injured and a couple suspended. Absolutely. Um, let's go through those really quickly then. I guess, oh, do we do positives and negatives first? No, we'll do it now. So okay. out of the game, Zerha, mm -hmm. uh, fractured jaw. I Supposed think to be only a couple of weeks, Ty Simkin said today in his presser that he, he did, should only miss that. one or two weeks. So that's actually a lot kinder to us than I initially anticipated. Yeah, one of the last players I would want to come out of this team though. No, I agree with you for LDU sure. LDU Hamstring. The uh, last player you want the, out of yeah, this Yeah, the side. last player. He played so well too. He was excellent. Yeah. Um, who else got injured? Oh, Mar Marnie's shoulder exploded. <laughs> 
Um, Flynn Perez, Darcy Perez. Tucker. Oh, yeah, Darcy Tucker. That's actually really disappointing. I've really rated Tucker since mm. he's come into the side. Again, I think good decision-making under yeah, pressure. Yeah, a bit of stability when he's got the ball. I don't think yeah. he's going to do anything rash. He's not going to set the He's not going to yeah. set the world on fire, but he's also not going to go and do anything he's stupid. He's just Sean Attlee type where it's like, you know, you're not going to get a match-winning performance from him, but he's always going to be good and make a decent decision. Interesting comparison to Sean Atley. Well, no, not the same <laughs> player at all. That's, that's Someone you can rely on week I loved, in, week I out. loved Sean Atley. More like, more like a Sam Gibson. He played games. Do you know... Sam Gibson's a good one. I'd go Sam Gibson. That's that's a Look, be, that's a kind of comparison. That's a better comparison player-wise. Yeah. My comparison was more about a guy that's in the team who has a six or seven out of ten every week, and you can rely on. But he's not your best. He's not your worst. And all of a sudden, he's got two hundred games for the club, and you're like, "How Sean did Atley, this happen? Well done. How did we end up here?" But I loved Sean Atley. Oh, running down the wing with a bounce, so good. We anyway, never, we didn't say it often enough. Clearly, he's my Hugh Greenwood. So that's all right. We've all got one of them. <laughs> we do all have one. <laughs> um, yeah, injuries. We're dropping like flies at the moment. Um, not too unhappy about if Marnie, I guess if Marnie doesn't play, um, Flynn Perez, which we'll get to, was atrocious on the day. Um, but I guess Zerhar and LDU are probably the ones, and Tucker would be the ones that we'd want to be there. Aiden Core with the suspension Well, I was well. going to say, then you've got five injured players and then the cherry on top is Aiden <laughs> Core just doing Aiden Core things. Now, it, with all with all due respect to, to Mr. Core, um, Anyone who's listened to any of my podcasts before would know that I'm not Aiden Core's biggest fan. Um, I've never really thought he was any good at all. Everyone keeps calling him a high-prized recruit in every bit of media I see, which makes me feel ill. Um, the backline's just too tall and stagnant with Mackay, Logue, and Core down there. And I just don't think he fits in down there at all. I think he's the worst one-on-one defender I've ever seen. Um, I just don't know what he brings. He has like, he had these little sparks, right, where it was against the Saints and he picked the ball off of half back and he like ran around somebody and hit someone on the chest. Like if there's one thing I like about him, I think he's actually one of the better kicks in our team. Yeah. But when like a key position defender is one of the better kicks in the team, there's an issue. Yeah, and it's hard. I I don't think the output justifies what we've given up in terms no, of salary and in terms not. of, you know, whatever else. For me... I just think he's lazy and I think that's yeah. an issue that trickles down to other players. I don't think he's mm. alone in that. I actually thought his best game was against St Kilda and maybe that was because we yeah. removed Logue out of the out of the equation because obviously Logue's gone well, forward to three cover tolls for down there's two slow, Doesn't work. No. Core and Mackay both played their best game for the year last week when there was just the two of them. Yes. Yep. But for me, if I'm having two tall defenders, mm. I go Logan Mackay. I take Absolutely, core out of the. Day. I go take core out of the equation. Absolutely for me, and I know Goat is injured. Mm. Lol, as her <laughs> half the rest of our yeah, list. So but for me, list. for me, core being replaced by Goda, and then you've got yeah. the combination of Goda and Bergman, mm. and then you've got to support. Um, yeah. Logan Mackay. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Personally. And uh, Jack Zeeble plays like a bit of a key position player anyway. Obviously his disposal is 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 very clean and he sort of drives us out of the back line a lot, but he's there taking intercept marks all day. So when oh you've got God, four guys who are sort of there for intercept marking and then you've got two blokes there who might have a little bit of run, it's just it's how just, are we getting that ball well out of the back Well, it's not line? balanced. No. And that's the thing. If it's, you know, Bergman was so good on the weekend and obviously she's all been a revelation, you know, down back as well. So, but that's not enough, mm. clearly. No. So, yeah, for me, no. I'm, I'm interested to see how we work, how the back line now works. Logan Mackay. 
uh, you without think like CCJ in for, in for core and just obviously swap them positions around and put CCJ out forward with Larky? Yeah, well, that and that's the one thing we've got. We've got six force changes, but they're not all going to be doom and gloom because no. you've got the replacement for Logue up forward. You've yeah. also got the replacement for core down back. Yeah, that's two automatically that True. you can cover. So mm. it's not. I don't think it's as bad as it looks. But there's a couple of players in there that are just going to be hard. Yeah, to Yeah, we're going to miss a lot of. It's going to be a sloppy game. We're going to miss a lot of polish from like an LDU. I know Simkins' disposal maybe isn't the best, but he's clean, you know, picking the ball up and dancing around someone and, and whatnot. So we'll miss those players. Um, other than that, yeah, I think that's a fairly decent analysis of the, uh, <laughs> of the 22 we put out and maybe some changes. Let's go to some positives and some negatives. Positives first to keep the energy up. Of course. We, we love a bit of positivity around we, here. Because we have to get through this with our mental health intact. Uh, positive number one for me was the first and the third quarter. Now, obviously, what, 20 to 21 at quarter time. You missed the first quarter, which was probably the worst quarter. I have watched it since. Yeah. I know I missed it on the day, but I watched it last night. So yeah. I'm up to speed now. And it was really good. It was um, good. A bit frustrating. Probably would have been a couple more goals in front. Yeah. But given, we competed with them. Yeah, given uh, how the game proceeded. Yes, after the, that. Following. After that yeah. first quarter, the first quarter, I could watch it four times over. Yes. Yep. The third quarter as well, I think, gets sandwiched in. But obviously, it's between the second and the fourth, which were atrocious. Um, but the third quarter, I think we stuck with them pretty well and I felt like the first maybe 10 minutes of that quarter, Port were really getting a run on and I think we stemmed the flow of that and we started getting more possessions and holding the ball a bit more and I think Larky kicked a couple of his in the third. Um, I think we stabilised a lot of what could have been more damage. Yeah, so we stopped the bleeding a little bit. Yeah. Um, then the fourth quarter came. And yeah, and it, there was we, more blood. we forgot that the third quarter even <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably the highlight of the game, Zerhar's shrug on Jason Horn francis So you were there. Yeah. Tell me how the crowd reacted to that. It was actually very loud. There was one side. There was only about uh, 6,500 down at this game, um, <laughs> which probably says a little bit about Tasmanian footy uh, just from a point of like how much pay, how many people are going to get to this ground. But also um, there was more people – or just the same amount of people protesting the new stadium down in, in Tassie as there Roping was at the game. Out the can of worms here. Um, if North were better, though, <laughs> it wouldn't be the case. I've been going down there for a few years and they used to get much bigger crowds, but that's where we are. Um, no, the crowd did did love it. I was standing on the hill at this point and we all were standing up and everyone was cheering that. There was a much bigger North support there than Port Adelaide. Um, we sort of saw it and we are like, that was Horn because. Miles Bergman and Horn Francis look exactly they the same. They do look very similar. So we were just trying to find out was that Miles Bergman or was that Horn Francis. Then they showed a replay and the whole stadium went wild. Incredible. It was fantastic. And I've watched the replay so many times. <laughs> and look, it was like you said uh, before we started recording, it was a very underwhelming sort of return for Horn Francis where, yeah. look, he wasn't amazing on the day. He was fine. He contributed and he played his part. He wasn't – he didn't get 30 touches or anything. No. But it wasn't like there was spot fires everywhere and we were trying to beat him up like the um, – they were doing a day cost. The Swans were doing a day cost the week before. Um, but, yeah, what did you think of the shrug and what did you think of the Horn Francis return? I mean, we love the shrug, of course, um, and it was only he ever going to be – fully dumped It was only too. ever going to be Zerha. Oh. But I think, yeah, for me, I don't know, I thought it was underwhelming. Um, but mm. at the same time, I who cares? Like, just get That's on. Get, we, like, let's yeah. just get on. With, let's <laughs> get on with it. And it's just so – That's all we have to hold on to. I know, you know what? And it's one – I, I actually – 
while it was underwhelming for what it was built up to be, I'm actually really happy the way we went about it. We just kind of were it's like, true. you know what? You do you, we'll do us. He wasn't great. He kicked one goal. He had a, f- you know, whatever, yeah. a few touches. He wasn't he, he was wasn't getting damaging. Relentlessly. And you know what? If that's going to make people feel better, great. But, you know, mm. it did not live up to any sort of spectacle I was <laughs> I was hoping for. I think at the ground, I don't know what it came across like on the TV, but at the ground I think it came across a bit different to that where the side of the ground that the interchange bench was on was fairly full of people. A bit of, a bit of hostility. And there, it was very hostile there. Yeah. Like there was very loud boos every time he touched the ball and every time he got interchanged. So I don't know if it came across differently on the TV, but I would say that, yeah, that it was – Fairly hostile from the crowd, but he ignored it very well. Good on him. And you know what? He was he's all he was always gonna be a good player. No one's ever doubted that. Good luck to him. I wish him all the best. I just mm. wish us better in the future. Correct. Well we'll you heard it here first. We're gonna win a premiership for Port Adelaide. I don't know how much I trust that. But <laughs> I said well, it. You just gotta put it out to the universe it's and hope true. that it happens. <laughs> Footy gods, <laughs> take that one, please. Uh Larky, four goals. Um you know about my bet with my coworker. Have you heard that on the podcast? I Just said it a remind few times. me. So I've got a bet with my coworker at the barbershop, Big Ant. He's a West Coast fan. Okay. And we've got a bet um, who's going to kick more goals this year, Oscar Allen or Nick Larkey. Okay. Both in struggling sides, both clearly the number one forward on each team. It's pretty close. Uh, Oscar Allen kicked two on the weekend, but Larkey kicked four. So he's crawling it back a little bit. I think they'd nearly be even now. Um, but I thought Larkey was – geez, he's good at kicking straight, isn't he? He is. You know, it's funny – I used to think that if I had to pick one former North Melbourne or one North Melbourne player to kick a goal to save my life, it was Aaron Edwards. Aaron Edwards. Right? Not Ben the Brown. Straightest, Aaron Edwards Aaron is Edwards the straightest was, shooter yeah. in the shed. I don't think I ever saw him miss. No, I agreed. He but kicked Larky, like 27-5 or Larky something. Larky could yeah. give him a run for his money. Yeah. I agree. And it's really, for me, it's – he is someone who tries week in, week out, and yeah. half the time he doesn't perform because of the delivery or the fact that he's constantly outnumbered by to a do flood what he's of doing defenders. With that service, though, the guy could be fifty plus year in year out. Yeah, if he was getting, you know, if, if yeah, one of the Daycross brothers him. were hitting him lace out on the chest every week, well, put cheese on the wing, maybe. Um, a can of worms opened again. Oh wow, <laughs> we need seven cheesels. Um, but I thought Nick Larky was leading a lot more. And I think as far as I remember, all of his goals that he kicked, uh, at least three of them, he was sort of leading. They hit him on the chest and he went back and took his and set And that's shot. what we have to do. That's what we have to do. And we've said this time and time again and we all know it. Stop sending that footy into the 50 just as high and yeah, far as possible. Yeah, just a kick and hope. It doesn't yeah. work. And Larky's not a not, – Not a contested mark. N- and he's also – he doesn't really bring it to ground well either. No. He either marks it. Or he's, he's out outmarked. Yeah. It's not really – that's sort of the only two options for me with Larky. Mm. So rather hit him, you know, kick into space and let him run yeah. into the lead. And there was suggestion of like, you know, if the forward line's smaller uh, without having Combin in there and we didn't bring in CCJ, um, is that going to force us to lower our eyes and kick it to his chest? Well, no was the answer against St Kilda. <laughs> no. um, but this game I thought we were better. I thought the forward line worked better. That's another point I've got here which we may as well touch on. Uh, the forward line worked better. I don't feel like goals fell in our lap. I feel like we created our goals and we were cleaner going into the forward line. Um, it'd be nice if we could do all sections of the ground, can be good all in the same week. Last week the back line was very good. This week the forward line was We will better. get there. We will get there. And I'm hoping it's uh, in Melbourne so I can see it. 
True. Um, yeah, but I do agree with you, and I think that a couple of the more the, the medium sized forwards also stood up. And I know Paul Curtis. Paul Curtis was definitely that's his another point best I've got game. Here. Yep. Definitely his best game for the year. Stevenson, I think Stevenson's been excellent yep. under Clarko this year. Um, Zerha obviously contributed as well. So I think there was a couple of missing pieces there we didn't have yeah. last week, mm. um, and we didn't have you know we haven't had since Combin's gone out of the side. Mm. Um, so that was definitely really really pleasing. Yeah, um, that performance for the whole forward line across the board. We've got Miller Bergman, I've just put as a dot point here. He's very good. So good. He's one, I think, from this year, I think the one that surprised me the most, maybe. He's the diamond in the rough for me. Because obviously last year playing uh, in round one and his shoulder exploded in the first quarter, I think it was. Um, out for a whole year and he sort of came in. I don't know why he lost his spot. For, I, I guess he, he was, was sick, sick, but he was out for four games. Yeah, and I hopefully now he sort of doesn't Never get out dropped ever again. again. Yeah, he can't be. I think he's just – he adds something. Mm, he's very clean with the ball. Once again, it would be nice to have him off halfback and on the wing and in the midfield. Clone. Just someone that can kick straight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll clone him. That's it. Done. Oh, if anyone knows any, any cloning chisels, services yeah. where we can pick up a few spare chisels and Bergwins yeah. lying around, let us. A no. couple of Zerhars would be nice too. Um, Zeevil and Goldie are great. Not were great, they just are great. They are. Jack um, Zeevil's going to win our best and fairest. I'm <laughs> calling it right here, right now. I love that and hate it at the same time. I love it. I love it. I love it Jack Zeevil. Like, for 99% of the time when I think about it, I love it. I agree. I would have liked an LDU or, you know, a Sheasel or maybe Wardlaw came in at round one and was unbelievable, but... A 32-year-old winning our best and fairest. I mean, he deserves it and he's been unbelievable. I love Jack Zebel and always will. Build him a statue now. But, uh, yeah. He's a warrior. That's not the guy we wanted to win it. Though. No, exactly. And, I mean, it's hard because I think, you know, there's this whole – there's the the play the kids movement. And I don't yeah. disagree. And I think that the kids – there's a – you know, we just touched on Bergman as an example yeah. or Sheasel. You know, they've, they've added something to the side, no doubt, that youthful energy. But you still need – Yeah, absolutely. Your experienced heads – to present mm. an example of leadership and an example of effort week in, week out. Yeah. And Goldstein and Zebel, they epitomise what Shinbona spirit is and they epitomise no, what true. the North Melbourne Football Club is. And if you want to play for this club, this is what you need to deliver week mm. in, week out. So I think it's important that they still play. But, yes, yeah. I agree. It would be nice if they were joined by – and I'm not saying LDU hasn't had a great year. He's obviously had a lot of injury troubles throughout when the year. When he's played, though, he's been great. He's been excellent. So is Simkin for most part. Yeah, I you agree. Know, but – yeah, they're definitely leading from the front of the two well, at the moment. that's the next point then. LDU and Simkin, we saw them both in the midfield at the same time, which is like a, a lunar eclipse <laughs> at the moment, right? <laughs> they were very, very good they were. together. Now, they especially were. first half, I think Simkin dropped off in the second half, but his first half was fantastic. He was a bit our best player at halftime for me. I agree with that. Most touches, but, you know... He gets the ball, he's able to step people and just create some time to make a decision. And if it's feeding a Bailey Scott or an LDU or someone going past, at least we're getting the ball. We just – are we ever going to see these guys play like three or more games together in well, a row? Well, we're waiting a few more weeks after this. Obviously, LDU will be sidelined with a hamstring. But yes. they just – they both seem to have so much time and space. Yeah. And they're playmakers. Yeah. The one thing with LDU – and I don't want to criticise him because I he's we love you LDU we love you LDU but sometimes just never leave us sometimes it's one too many fancy things for me I I agree like you probably James Stevenson does that and he yeah. did that a couple of times and, and Steve has had a brilliant year but he's sort of it's similar. the same thing just yeah. I'd love just just 
Paul you've, Curtis you've is the just, same. Just as pull it. the trigger yeah. two, three seconds earlier. You know, before having to, you mm. know, you get caught or you pass it. You know, you hand pass it to a teammate who's already under pressure, and it kind of all falls apart. Absolutely. But with that, yeah, you know. Everyone's got <laughs> their downfalls. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, none and, uh, of us are perfect, guys. We take we take the bad with the very, very good uh, with LDU. But, no, they were excellent. And uh, I'm hoping that in the second half of the year we can kind of see them get a mm. bit of a run on together because it's a great partnership. Bailey Scott is my next point here. My last point for the positives because we don't want to pretend there's too many of them. Um, Bailey Scott, I thought he was fantastic. Now, I don't know if this came across as much on the TV as it did at the game. Even just where he was positioning himself, where he was around the contest to impact the play, he was always there to receive a handball. I think he was his efficiency was very good on the day, just from the eye test anyway. I thought that was a great game from him. And I actually think he's been pretty unfairly criticised so far this year. It's the thing with – and this is the problem with a lot of the players, I think, currently who are you know on the list or who are in the side. We know what their best is – and we want to see continuous improvement. So mm. for me, if you're comparing his season this year to last year, you haven't – he has had a slower start to the year. But I do agree with you. I think he was excellent on the weekend. I thought his first month was really good as well. It just – well, our first month in general well, was very yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. But that, that, that's actually a good point. It shows when we are playing better how everyone can click. And it must just be a mentality thing of we're down again. Let's – not and I don't think they're saying I'm not going to try. I just think subliminally, like if your team's down that much, your motivation isn't as high. Well, you think about last week, right? I mean, Cam Zerha kicked what five behinds, or <laughs> you know, five behinds and a couple on the full. But that, and then that kind of fed into the rest of the team. It's no mm. coincidence that we only scored four goals for the game. Yeah, because everyone, everyone's confidence was down. Thing. You know, it's a team mentality thing. So. You know, but then it kind of – then you think about it the other way. Well, then how many passengers do we have? Well, if that's actually a great segue onto the negatives. All right, got you. It's almost like you knew this going in. <laughs> uh, negative. We have so many passengers. Oh, there you go. Curtis Taylor, Flynn Perez, Jack Marnie and Aiden Core are the ones I'm going to name. Just and look, to name a few. Just to name a few. Now, once again, don't I don't want to be rude to players and I don't want to slaughter people week in and week out. Aiden Core. You know, once again, I think he's had some good games this year, but for me, I've just got this thing with him. Um, but I also don't want to be afraid of talking about players when they've been atrocious, right? Curtis Taylor on the weekend was an abomination. Couldn't even kick the ball straight. He has no confidence, dropping open marks. He hasn't had a good year. He hasn't had a good year. And I love the thought of Curtis Taylor. I thought he was good last year. And I thought when he was getting criticism earlier in the year, it wasn't warranted as well. I think, you know, he popped up for a, a, like a goal or so a week for the first month. Uh, he kicked a couple against Carlton, I think. Kicked one against Frio. I don't know. That was that was oh, so bad. <laughs> it's hard. It's it one of the worst games I've, from a player I think I've seen live. Oh, God. That's yeah. a big call. I'm, I'm serious. I'm like legitimately serious and – if Curtis Taylor by some chance ever listens to it, Curtis, I hi want Curtis, you to do if so. You're hi, Curtis. <laughs> I want you to do so well. I really, really do. I think he's got so much talent. I think he can be very clean with the ball. He's a good set shot for goal, and I think he can be creative in that wing half forward role. But that game was awful. And the fra- I think that's the frustrating thing about it is he is exactly the kind of player we need at the moment. Yeah, it's just like what. 
like what would it take to switch in his head to say, you've got this opportunity on a silver yeah. platter. Take it with both hands and run with it. Mm. You know, and that, I think that is the most frustrating part of all of it. He hasn't yeah. had a good year. Yeah. He, the Sat Day was, you know, just to add add to that, unfortunately. Yeah. It's like I kind of just want to shake you and be like, <laughs> can you just make the most of what yeah. you do? what we know do you, you can do. Do you realise the opportunity yeah. you've got here? Take it mm. and run with it. So, yeah. And I think that that not Curtis Taylor individually, but like that sort of performance epitomises what I've definitely, and we've said this before, realised about our list this year where it's just we we thought we had more talent than we do and, you know, a big, big, big clean out is going to be needed. And there, you know, he's an example of a player that's been on the list for three or four years. I can't remember when he got drafted, but three or four years, say, we should be seeing more by now and there's got to be an end to how many chances you give people so you can replace them with a better player. Like I said before with the Adelaide Crows, I watch these guys. I've never heard of them. I don't know any of their names and they're all just solid footballers and we I, don't have those guys. I don't want to think that we've seen the ceiling of Curtis Taylor. I don't want to no. think we've seen the ceiling of half of these guys, but unfortunately that's probably the reality of it. You've Yeah, it, it's, it's the highs are high, but the lows are so low and the lows are more frequent. Yeah. And that's it. You need to find, you know, the team in general needs a consistency base of like, you need to be maybe a five or up, you know, at least break even and don't do more negative. Yeah. Speaking of negative, Flynn Perez. Now, mm. obviously, did his Flynn Perez concussion? I think he got mildly concussed. Oh, all the injuries are kind <laughs> of blurred blur. into one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. He was also just no good. He had a shocker. It's hard because the effort is there. But the talent, yeah. I understand what sadly people think. Doesn't. Yeah, I understand what people think he could be like that running half back. He's got a bit of dish, and like I don't know, he seems to be able to dispose of the ball usually reasonably well. The guy was kicking it to poor players for fun on the weekend, oh. dropping like fumbling pickups off the ground, not being in the contest and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I don't see it. And I did say this a couple of weeks ago. I don't really see it with Flynn. Perez, yeah. I, I I don't think I've ever seen it with Flynn Perez. I I don't really know what he brings and what he does. Would love him to be a Brownlow medalist one day. That'd be sure, putting it out to the universe. Not sure. Um, and Marnie and Core are the last ones on this list. We don't need to go over Core anymore. But Jack Marnie, look, he played okay, but I think he's another one of these players on the list that if he plays okay, we go, oh, that wasn't bad. So play him again. Not that was good. Let's play him again. And it's one of those things as well. It's like, okay, his game against St Kilda, I actually thought he played really well. And that's probably, I think, the best that I've seen him play. I guess so. I, I don't remember any Jack Marnie. Like, I think there's a couple of times where he... He was a on couple the w- nice marks. Yeah. But he's but all, but all he's making the difference, what, on the wing or, you know, yeah. closer to the defensive 50. We actually need him to be an electrifying small <laughs> forward, which no, he, he's, he's not, not and he's he probably not. never will be. No. And I'm really sorry, but I'm so – and this was an issue I had with Kane Turner. I'm <laughs> so sick of bringing guys into the side who are def- defensive small forwards and they apply pressure. They won't kick goals. But they're not kicking <laughs> yeah, goals. They won't kick any goals. And that's what they're, that's what they're there so for. paid to do. It's ridiculous. Um, like, that yeah. is just, you know, and I think this is the big thing I've noticed with Combin being out of the side. No kind of going on a bit of a tangent it's here. Fine. But it's a safe space. Combin, our, the ball has been walked out of our defensive 50 the last two weeks in a row since yeah. Combin's gone down. Yeah. He, 
and he he also wasn't kicking goals. No, but he was creating but opportunities. You could see it was coming. It as was well. coming. The he effort actually, was there. And he, I criticised him because he wasn't kicking goals. But then he's not there, and you think shit. Yeah, we need a target. We actually really need him. If he only we it. had another tall forward that could kick goals on the list somewhere. Nine of them. In Nine that. of them would have been fantastic. <laughs> You're not wrong. So for me, I don't. If that's yeah. all Jack Marnie's going to do, there's plenty of other guys who can do what he did and more. This is what I say about Kane Turner. We we can find a player who can tackle and put pressure on, but can also kick straight. Yeah, like that's not a crazy thing to find. It's at, actually at really level. not a hard thing. That to should find. be that should be like under 16s level stuff. Yeah. Well. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> we're going on. We're going to start ranting. All right, let's let's do these ones quicker. Um, I thought Mackay and Drury were very, very average. Now, I wouldn't be dropping any of them, unlike those other guys we just mentioned before. Um, Mackay had a shocker, and we've seen, which we'll get to soon, with some David King footage um, about his efforts on the weekend. He, he Watching him live, he just didn't impact the contest. He wasn't jumping at the ball. He wasn't crashing packs. And he, I don't know the player's name, but number 31 or something. He got spun. That The the footage that David King showed of Simkin just with his back facing the contest, Mackay's chasing him and he just gets turned. Uh, what, he played so well the week before That's as well. That's the thing. And I really thought, okay, so maybe he didn't play well earlier in the year because the three tall defence things didn't yeah. work for him. So you pull Logue out of the equation mm. and then he and Cor both played quite well against St Kilda just looked yeah. like his disinterested self from, you know, a fortnight yeah. before. It's yeah, uh, it it's really, really, really disappointing. It is. I'm not accusing Ben McKay of not being – I don't – I think it's easy to say he's halfway out the door so he's just not trying, but it, it looks like that. Yeah. And, of course, us fans are going to think that. I'm not saying he's going there going, I'm leaving anyway so I won't try. I don't, I don't think he's doing that, but I <sighs> – as a fan, we're going to pick up on that and that's what we're going to go to. Well, you to. start to kind of put two and two together, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, at, we, I think, again, it comes out, we know what you're capable of. Yeah. So where is it? He can be elite. He Absolutely. Can be elite. And he was. Uh, he yeah. honestly looked like himself. Last week. Yeah. Last week. So it's like what's changed in a week? Mm. But was that because there wasn't three lumbering, like, defenders back there and he had a bit more space to operate? I don't – and the, uh, Port – I'm, we're, not, we're not coaches, I guess. So no, we don't but know. You but also, and it's just you keep sitting here and you're sp- I'm like spiraling because I'm thinking Charlie Dixon didn't play. Yes. Georgie Artis didn't play. Mm. Marshall was a, was subbed out from concussion pretty early I mean, pretty uh, early different play, but Rioli didn't play as well in that forward you line. You know, so what's element. the excuse? True. No, I absolutely agree. Like I just, it doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. I mean, we'll see how he goes. Does he play on Buddy next week? I mean, I, I'd probably play Logue on Buddy because I think Logue's more athletic as in from an agility perspective. I don't want to think about that. Buddy's probably looking 13? to kick into form. So. <laughs> 13. <laughs> oh, God. PTSD. I was there for that day too. Oh, you poor thing. Because I grew up in Launceston. You poor thing. Yeah, I'm still not over it. <laughs> it was pouring with rain and I watched it from the boundary line. Um, Blake Drury, absolutely anonymous in this game, but played well last week. Second game, he keeps his spot. I, I think I he like showed enough against the yeah, Kilda that you so. give him another shot. But absolutely anonymous that game and the times he did get the ball, he coughed it up. Yeah. But we're, we're going to give Blake another chance. Um, shout out to all the pale guys out there. There's nothing wrong with being pasty white guys. Blake Drury and me have that in common. Last week when I made the thumbnail and put Blake Drury on it, I had to turn down the contrast a little bit because <laughs> his photo was so pale. Casper the ghost. Yes, but us red-headed lads. Um, we're Just good take guys. it in your stride. We're good guys <laughs> if we stay inside. Um, all right. 
Port always had an out around the contest. And this is another thing I've been harping on about for weeks. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but around a contest, sort of on the backside, facing inwards into the center of the ground. If Port won the ball, it's almost like they knew someone was behind them. They could just chain a couple of handballs together. There'd be three people running through the center square and they'd get straight back into the corridor. Where are all our players? Where on the ground are three people that should be on those people? And I know we're trying to play more zone, but well, there the has to be an element of accountability. Yeah. yeah, and it's just sort of like it's it's frustrating because we went from – so after round two, yeah. that was the end of the honeymoon. Yeah. Round, at the end of round two, we're sitting ninth in the competition for tackles. Mm-hmm. The pressure was up. We were up and about. Yeah. Fast forward to the end of round nine, we're sitting 17th. Only Brisbane's below us, but Brisbane's just playing such strong attacking football yeah. that doesn't actually matter. I wasn't personally, I wasn't upset. Maybe the amount, maybe, but the D's and the, the Lions loss just say they're premiership contenders. We're not even close. It doesn't matter. But And it's the thing is, we, you watched the St Kilda game last week. I'm just comparing it because yeah. it's like chalk and cheese, They're also right? like a top four sort of team so far, even though they may be well, slowing, uh, but... They're a team that could have easily beaten us by 10 goals. Yeah, absolutely. And we, yes, we know the issues we had in front of goal. We actually matched them <laughs> Both around teams the ground. Had issues in front I of didn't goal. sit there. I didn't sit at that St Kilda game or anything the same, but I didn't sit there and not once did I think we're out of this game. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until the start of the fourth quarter I realized we actually aren't generating enough entries and scoring opportunities probably we could kick a winning score. And that yes. was when I realised we're probably not going to win the game. Yes, but in true. terms of general play, the pressure was up. We really matched them around the ground. So mm. then, you know, you come across, fast forward, what was it, six days, and we again look like a completely different side Looks once like again. it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very, it's very strange. And I guess I'm hoping and we're all hoping the inconsistency is an age thing instead of a talent thing. Or an effort thing. Or an effort thing. But I'm not sure. And we, we we will not be sure. We won't know until the end of the year and can properly look back on it. I agree. Um, all right. Let's do more negatives. Fantastic. Oh. Um, the, uh, the back line allowed too many marks, especially for not, like we said, not, for not having their key forwards in. Um, they marked the ball so many times and we're, not, we're failing to bring the ball to ground. I think, you know, I guess not much has to, more has to be said about that. I just am surprised that... Even Luke McDonald, when he's on people, and he's a, a player we'll talk about soon. Um, so it doesn't even matter if someone's seven foot or not. People seem to be marking the ball in our back line so easily. Well, we love to play. A lot of our defenders like to play for, come from behind. Yeah. Rather than, you know, play in front or mm. at least be competitive one-on-one, which mm. is a bit of an issue we've got. Um, yeah. And that probably resulted in a lot of marks to board. Um. The next one is we completely dropped out of the game. Are we just young? And do you think it is because we're just young? Or like we said before, do you think it's an effort, an experience thing, a talent thing, or is it just a mixture of all of those? I think it's a combination. I think Mm. the first thing for me, yes, we're young. Second of all, we've got what? This is our third coach or our fourth coach in four years. It's true. I mean, Steve-O's had a lot of coaches. Seriously. You know, so it's how many game plans have you trying to churn through the side and how how much is sticking and how much is still resorting to what we've learnt previously. Yeah. Then I think it's also a bit of a – 
It's a bit of a synergy thing. I mean, we had and you know we had five changes coming into mm. the St Kilda game. You give these guys two games to play together, yeah. And now we're sitting here looking at next week, thinking we have another six changes. True. You've got to. There's not the, a lot of consistency yeah. within the team. It's very true. And it's hard because then within that, there are players that probably don't deserve to get a game that should be dropped, but they can't because we, because got no we one don't left. have the personnel. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. It's true. Um, I think the start of the year was the best and worst thing that happened to us, to be honest. Yeah. If we played those games like not all in a row and then was just spotting them like if last week we sort of won a game, then a couple of weeks went by, we lost by a few and then we won and then we lost, you know, it'd be different. Yeah, because even the g- against Carlton on Good Friday, that was a, we played so well. Yeah, I, I absolutely. If we, if agree. we could, if we kicked a bit straighter, we absolutely. If we didn't could have, have two VFL quality defenders in our back line, if we had one of Mikhail Logue, I yeah. think we we could have arguably and won that game. And the fact that you know that's what that's what we you know that's what we faced. Yeah. And that's what we were able to do. Exactly. So sitting that is I think that is the hardest part is sitting here thinking where is that week in week out week in week out consistency exactly because mm. if we brought that every week. You would well. You wouldn't be in a position we're in, or we're losing games, multiple games by you know ten, twelve, fifteen goals. You'd have more results like we did last week, or like we did against Carlton, and then you'd win a couple of games too along the way. Mm. It's just our best and our worst. It is such so a big apart. gap. It's like where are we going to look to close the gap, and how are we going to close mm. it? It looks almost impossible at the moment. Yeah, I think we've all realised, especially the last month, that it's going to take a lot longer to get to where we want to be. And I don't even necessarily think it needs to be a premiership at this point. I think it's just competing for finals and being a place where people want to come to and sign to. And one year maybe we do this crazy run, who knows. But look, premiership is always the ultimate goal, but I don't even think we should be suggesting that to be a thing in the next five years at all. I think, you know... 2025, 26, if we're sort of pushing towards the eight, I think that's a more realistic timeline with what we've seen this year of how much turnover we may need on the list. And now's the time to do it because when Tasmania comes into the competition... True. uh, ...it makes many things, both on and off field, harder. It's going to be harder to recruit quality talent. It's going to be harder to lure in talented players from opposition sides. And, I mean, with the exception of Griffin Logue... Yeah. ...what big... What real quality talent are we attracting? Yeah, well, you the know, only thing we recruit, high prize recruit Aiden Core. <laughs> that's enough of that. Um, that's, <laughs> triggered, that's triggered me. That's triggered me. No, look, I I agree. I agree. It's um, and it also it affects the supporters that we can attract and trying to grow no, a absolutely. supporter base. Everyone under the age of fifteen follows Richmond. Everybody. Oh, I'm God. a barber. I have a hundred conversations a week, and I'm I'm honestly. 50% of people I talk to follow Richmond. You poor thing. I know. And luckily we beat them every year. Um, but that's just a generational thing because they had a player like Dustin Martin and that's the sort of stuff that we really need to start thinking about as well just for future. We don't have to be the biggest club in the league and I, and I don't believe that because North Melbourne's a smaller fan base, players won't sign there. Like I just don't, I don't think that's a thing. I think we got Dal Santo and we got Jared White and we got Higgins when we were up and about making those prelims. So we clearly can. I think any club in Melbourne can be that club. But, yeah, for the future supporter base, we need to start getting some players on board. And Sheasel's already done that. The amount of kids that come into the barbershop and talk about Harry Sheasel, everyone knows Harry Sheasel. Yeah. And that's the sort of player we need. Hopefully Wardlaw's like that too. I think he will be. I think Combin might be the same as well. Yeah, I, geez, I hope so. 
No, I think so. I hope so. If he, you know, if he can get his body right, I think mm. he definitely will. But there are so many things to think about that, you know, we actually don't really have time to waste. It's no. kind of now, it's now or never. I think, and, it, and I don't want to put mm. a doom and gloom, you know, situation, but, you know, it, we don't, it, we kind of kind of got one shot to do this. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of agree, especially after sort of those first three years of rebuilding, a, not completely wasted because we've got Larkies and Zerhars and LDUs from it. But other than that, we've really gained nothing from mm. those years. Well, so, Clarko. Well, from now, I think like Clarko from now on, yes. But I guess those Reese Shaw and David Noble years, yeah. there's not the much. The dark days. <sighs> we're definitely not talking about that tonight. No, I don't want to talk about that. Um, the last negative point, and then we're going to go on to some uh, big North Melbourne questions. I'm going to put you in the hot seat and uh, make you squirm a little bit, which would be good. We only had – oh, no, I've just read the stat again. Apparently, the <laughs> AFL app says we only had five centre clearances for the whole game, but the opposition Ruckman only had eight hitouts. So we we dominated the hitouts and we got five centre clearances. That's just actually insane. Now, I love LDU and Simkin and I think they had decent games. And maybe let's not dive into this one too much, but that's just a disgusting stat. Well, what more needs to be said? It's her, it's actually you just sit there and you sit there and think about it, and that's just terrible. It's awful, isn't it? That's but look, awful. We'll, we'll chalk that off to a bad week because we've been decent in clearances all year. Um, we are dropping like flies in the midfield, though. So mm. who knows? All right, that's all the positives and negatives. <laughs> we should have we'll started and ended with positives, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, keep the spirit, guys. Please don't leave now. Uh, in uh, in five, six, seven, eight years' time when we're on uh, uh, in the MCG in the last day in September, you're going to wish you jumped on right now, the all aboard the Clarko train to Premiership City. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> Um, we're not going to do any viewer questions this week. We have too much to get to in the next segment, putting Marnie on the hot seat. Um, but follow uh, Facebook is uh, Further North Podcast. Instagram is Further North Pod. And I'll always ask for your questions, except for this week, because the, the special guest is too talented and we need her insight. Really right. talking me off here. Well, look, we've got to get people to listen somehow <laughs> in these hard times. <laughs> uh, this is what people come here for. All right. What we're going to do is we go, I've got maybe five or six tough questions facing North Melbourne right now. Yeah. Okay. All right, hit me. Um, I want honest answers. I'm, I'll debate them with you as well. Um, but some hard-hitting ones about where the club's at. All right. The first one, we'll talk about David King's um, segment on first crack. Yeah. Right. Showing all of our players, you know, not competing, not facing the contest and all that sort of stuff. Just give me your raw thoughts on how that made you feel and what you think about that. It's so uh, – it's disappointing. Yeah. Do you know what's – but what's more disappointing than it being disappointing is that I I knew that was a problem and I kind of am not surprised by it. I've mm. already said to you earlier I think Aiden Kaur's lazy and he yeah. was a he was a culprit of that video. Absolutely. Um, I really liked Jai Simkin's um, press conference today. I agree. He acknowledged the video and, you know, he, he was disappointed in himself. Yeah. That's only 50% though. Now on Saturday – you step up yeah. and you lead the club and you do better and set a standard. I agree. Because for so long there hasn't been a standard like that. No, set. I know. And only, you know, now we're talking about our best players, our ex-captain, you know, in his mm. early 30s. Yeah. It shouldn't be him leading the charge. No, I agree. It should be a Simkin. It should be a McDonald. It should be an LD. And I think LDU 
does do it mm. better than the others. Yeah. But he even had his moments on the weekend. Yeah. They all have. They've all had moments, but it's working cohesively as a group. And I guess you want your captain to always be switched on. You you know, you, I don't know if I buy in fully to the whole Jai Simkin wasn't facing the pack. So people see it, like our team sees that and drops their heads. I, I don't fully buy into that. But, but that is part of leadership as well. And that over time may affect people. But as an isolated incident, I don't think Jai, you know, should be absolutely slaughtered by anybody. But I think he's good at fronting the media today um, to actually stand up, obviously before Indigenous Round as well. And he has a big part to play in that. But I don't know. It's good to see him coming out and speaking about it and copying the criticism. Taking a bit of responsibility. Taking a bit of responsibility. Yeah. But you're completely right where it's like, that's great you've taken responsibility and we've gone, well done, Jai, but next week you, you can't do that. The, oh, under, Nobody on the team can. No, and under Brad Scott we would, you know, if we'd have a, a thrashing, we would one respond. thing you could guarantee is you could respond every week after something like that. Yeah. And that's what you want to see. You think about the best teams in the competition. I'll use Melbourne as an example. Mm. They all play their role. There is not one demon week in, week out that doesn't play their role. Yeah. And I, they're unselfish. And I think that that's something that we miss. Yeah. To be honest, I think there's too many individual players in there and not I enough agree. not enough team unity. I think there could be some players in there as well that maybe are going, well, the club's not maybe going where I wanted it to, thinking about an exit the next year or so and maybe trying to showcase their skills um, individually to maybe be better in the free agency period or a trade or something like that. I don't, I don't think there's heaps of those, but there's definitely players out there that, you know, are going to be considering exits in the next few years and maybe trying to put themselves on a bit of a pedestal to show what they could do for another And time. there are also probably a few players that see that the club's struggling and want to take it upon themselves to put us in a better Absolutely. position. And, th- and that's the, the, we want that mentality though. Absolutely, but know maybe when to skill. do the individual thing and know yeah. when to do the team thing yeah. as well. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's, it, was really, it was really disappointing vision. But yeah. it was worse that it didn't surprise me and it was worse that it's almost something True. I expected. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. So I loved Simpkins' response today. Yeah. I just that's but like I said to you, that's only fifty percent. Mm. He's now gotta he's talked the talk, now walk the walk, walk on the Saturday. Walk. It's it's different criticism as well because David King saying that, you know, and Simpkins said this, you know it's coming from a place of love for the club and wanting them to do well. Absolutely. Apart from maybe like a Kane Corns or a Caroline Wilson. Uh, <laughs> who would slaughter us and say we're bad and there'd be no, you know, no real insight in, into that. And no. there's no constructive criticism, it's just negativity. So I'm glad it came from David King um, because I think if it came from anyone else, maybe Sim can, you know, shouldn't bother acknowledging it. No, exactly. And I think... Internally acknowledge it, but maybe not to the media. Yeah, and I think for him to come out and address it is uh, is a really it's it's a it's a step in the right direction because it also says to the supporters that you know we care and we take it on board mm. and we are going to you know look to fix it yeah but it's Saturday is going to be the real telling tale true all right the next one uh, maybe the most controversial to- topic Taron Thomas I'm going to talk about Taron Thomas okay <laughs> um <sighs> I don't really know the best question to ask here. There's two sides of it, right? Yeah. And I, we've heard, like, you've um, hashtag kangaroos, you've said your thoughts on, on Taron Thomas and his situation at the club. I think we know now he's he's staying here. 
he's back in the VFL team and he's going to be able to be selected maybe in the next three weeks or so for AFL. First question, how do you feel about that, which is now clearly the trajectory for him? I don't have a problem with him going through this behavioural correction program and being ticked off by X, Y and Z to play at or be available for AFL selection. That I don't have a problem with. What I can't understand is Mm -hmm. we're sitting here three weeks ago and Todd Viney is coming out and saying he's nowhere near ready. He hasn't taken any of this seriously. He hasn't taken any of it on board and he could not look further away from being ready to an AFL return. Mm. How in how it's going to look like it's going to be a six to eight week yes. turnaround from those comments to him being available for AFL selection and I don't get yeah. how we've got here. And I think the thing with that as well is if whatever's been set out for him is completed, I think most of us agree that if he's made those changes that he's got the talent, he's someone we desperately need in this team, but he needs to tick the boxes, you know, as a person to be able to have that opportunity. Totally. Right. I guess the thing we don't know, and we're never going to know this, what, what has he had to do and what has the club put in place? You can't, they've come out every week and say, we've put programs in place. Well, you know, I want to know what the programs are, but I don't know if I agree saying what the programs are or putting them out there in the media is a good idea. You know what I mean? So where do you find... And who's ticking this off? Yeah. Well, I, assu- I assume Sonia, Jen Watt and Vi- and Todd Viney but would be the people. But why don't they call in someone external to also make, to monitor his progress? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like to legitimise the, uh, so. the program that he's mm. on. Because that was that's the thing. That is the thing for me. I... Yes, I believe in benefit of the doubt. And there are plenty of players we've seen in their careers who have done X, Y, Z and they've had the benefit of the doubt and the support of the club and they've come out of the side. Jordan Ngoi, you know, as an example. Or maybe Dustin Martin even earlier in his career, right? Do I think Taron Thomas will be a player that either of the two of them are? Time will tell. I don't know. He's got the talent to be able to. He does. But that that is the one sticking point for me is how have Mm. we had – like for me, the way that Todd Viney was speaking a few weeks ago made it seem like we would maybe not see him until next year. I agree. And I would not be disappointed with that. Yeah. Is this out of desperation at selection? Is this the need for a bit of a sugar hit and a need yeah. for a bit of a live wire and a and someone who has the ability to change the game off his own boot? Mm. Or is this because he's legitimately made progress and he's yeah. legitimately passed every hurdle they've asked of him? Yeah. That is what doesn't sit with me. And I don't think that's something we're ever going to know. No, I don't think we're ever going to know that. And I think the reason – it's weird because I – and I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with this, but I feel excited to see him. And I don't know. I think that's just because we're so poor on the field. But you know, then there's the ethical part of it where it's like he needs to tick those boxes. But if if he is, and if he has, I'm I'm happy for him because I think the other thing I talked about a few weeks ago was that. It's almost beyond a him playing thing. This is a few weeks ago, yeah. like you said, when they were first saying this. And it, and it was just after that video of him driving came out. It's beyond a, a football playing career thing now. And it's a, it's a young man, 22 years old, getting his life on track totally. thing as well. And exiling him from the club was the worst thing they could have done, I, yeah. th- I think, No, personally. I agree with that. Um, you know, anyone at that age, I think we've got to remember, like think about when any of us were 22 years old, like – 
I wouldn't have responded well to that and feeling no. like the family or the, the thing you've got and made for yourself, the opportunities you've created for yourself with your talent are just gone now. You know, depending on circumstance, everybody deserves other chances as long as nothing's too egregious. And I'm glad he's got those opportunities to be a, a better man and a better person and a better footballer. Yeah. But you're right. It's like the only thing maybe that makes me feel like I'm excited to see him. I kind of want him to play, but I think there's a part of it for me that's like, I trust that Sonia and Jen being women are taking it as seriously as possible to tick those boxes for him. You know, I feel like if it was Todd Viney and two other guys, I feel like we'd have a lot more fears that maybe it's not. It's a good point. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I think that's why I feel okay or maybe trust what they're saying is true because I I don't think – I'm sure with all their experiences in a very male-dominated industry – with all their experiences, I don't think they would let it slide and, and just tick so the boxes just to get him back on the park. I'm trusting in that anyway. Yeah, and I, that's a good point. And I think the other thing is is how long is the wait between being available for selection and actually playing? Because he's missed a chunk of football too. That's the other thing mm. is that he's been out yeah. of out of action for most of the year. Only came back for his first game of the you know in the VFL over the weekend. He played really well. Yeah. So that's the other thing for me is how mm. long are they going to wait between, okay, you're ready, you, you're eligible for selection now and how long do they actually wait before they pull the trigger? Is it a last resort thing? Yeah. Or is it a let's get him in as soon as we I can? I think it's a bit of both. I, I, I really do. I mean, would you? what would you, you know, and just, just not as basic as a yes or no answer and we know all things combined, do you feel better about bringing Taron Thomas in now with all that's going on or a player that has barely played, even like a Cooper Harvey or even someone like a Charlie Lazaro? Like just would you rather a Taron Thomas in or a Charlie Lazaro with all of the circumstances taken into account? Um, it's a hard question, It is a hard it? question, but you look at – it's hard because on talent alone you take Thomas. Absolutely. Because you look at, you know, Taron Thomas on talent. Yeah. Could play for the next, 50, you know, yeah. 10 to 10, 12, 12 years. years. Whereas have we seen the roof of Lazar? I mean, yeah. we, we don't, you don't exactly. know. But that's kind of what I'm saying. Like at the, at the moment we need someone with the potential and if it is going to be a, re, a, a rebuild, I guess putting it just talent-wise and I guess off-field stuff aside for a second, putting him in the team is – it needs to happen now so we can learn the game plan and you know, get some continuity with these guys. But – like we know, the off-field stuff apparently is being ticked and, and I guess that's where my viewpoint on it comes from. Having Jen and Sonia there, I believe that they will make sure it's ethically okay for him he to wouldn't, do that. He, he wouldn't be available for selection at AFL level and he won't be available for AFL selection if he doesn't tick those boxes. Mm. So that, at the end of the day... I'm not going to sit here and argue with that. Yeah. But it's still at the back of my mind. I'm thinking, how have we gone from A to B so quickly? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we're not going to know. It seems and we're never really unclear. Know. Which, yeah. and you know, I guess, so then at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, if the club says he's ready, you trust them and yeah. you pull the trigger when the time's right. Yeah. Because I think, you know, Clarkson, Viney, Sonia and, and Jen, I, I trust they know what they're doing in, in all aspects of our club at the moment. Absolutely. Um, so that's, I guess, what we've got no choice but to bank on. Um, last question on Taron Thomas, does he play this week? 
For you, does he play this I week? I don't think he's going to be available for selection I don't this either. week. So I don't either. then, no. All the media is swirling about it and trying to make stories about it and I'm just kind of like, I don't think he'll play. I don't think he's ready yet. But three or four weeks down the line when he's racking up 35 and kicking a couple every week in the VFL, then maybe you can actually make some articles about him getting selected. But I think... The articles and all the, the the swirling speculation on his selection right now is just for clicks, I think, right now. I think so. I think it, realistically, I think we wait. I reckon he'll be available after the bye. Yep. Not yep. long That's after fair. that. Um, and I'm happy just to get, get some game time in the VFL, get some mm. form together there, and then we can talk. All right. That's enough Taron Thomas chat. Will Ben Mackay leave? Yeah, I think so. Mm? Um. <sighs> Do I blame him? Not really. Um, he's only – I think he's only played in eight wins in his career at North or something like that. I, I don't – I, don't, I think 10. it was less. I think it was five. I know, it's less than ten. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's oh, yeah. five or less and that's even worse. That's awful. Um, he missed the two at the start of the year too. It's a shame. Yeah, it it's is. It's a real shame because we know what he's capable of. But sitting here now – yeah. He's had a really ordinary year so far. He's had one good game against St. I Kilda. know. He's coming back off the injury though. Like, okay, if would you sign him? If he want if he wanted 750 800,000 yeah, a year I, on a 5-year deal? Yes, cuz yeah. you if he if he wanted to be there you sign him. I agree. Cuz the way he played last week yeah. is what you're going to get most of the time. I don't think we've got the talent depth to have the luxury of not signing Mackay as well. No, but I think that I think that he is a good player, and yeah, I absolutely. think he's an ex, he's an excellent defender. Yeah, fantastic His intercept defender. work is some of the best in the competition when yeah. he's on, and I think you have to sign him based on that. Yeah, but I, I have no doubt he's at the very least exploring other options. Well, why wouldn't you though? Like, I, you, everyone would. You'd be would. silly not to. Yeah, absolutely. But then the flip side of me, and I'm just going to keep playing devil's advocate. That's fine. Is if I, I'm watching him say as a – I mean, he's been linked to Carlton and Port Adelaide, so let's just use those mm. as examples. If I'm sitting here as a Port supporter, I'm sitting here as a Carlton supporter and I'm watching him, what he dished up on the weekend. Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't be throwing the kitchen sink to bring him over because he's not going to come cheap because no. North will offer a high price tag. Yeah, we've got the money to. And I think – I don't fully understand the restricted and unrestricted free agent thing. I do in the NBA because I'm a big NBA fan, but it's different in the AFL. And I don't know if, like the NBA, if because he's a restricted free agent, right? Yeah. So, like the NBA, does that mean if someone offers him eight hundred a year, does that mean we can just match it? I think so. Because I think it might You're be as well. The wrong person, to be or, honest. Yeah, I mean, look, if anyone's <laughs> listening and knows exactly, please message the page and let me know. Um, or does that just mean we're entitled to compensation or more compensation? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm, because I heard yeah. someone talking about it and. Yeah, I mean the picks we could get for him, maybe there will be top five. There's rumors, and that yeah, and the thing, not that I think we'd get that because it always there's rumors always that we can get all this and then it's always half. We always what we get expect. stitched up, to be honest. We do, yeah. Um, Brady Rawlings, <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. He didn't know Brady Rawlings. I was actually very. This is such a tangent, whatever. I was such a non-believer in Brady Rawlings as our list manager mm-hmm. for so long, but I think we did. Now looking back on it, we did very, very well out I of the Horn so Francis too. trade. Um, what I've heard about this draft as well coming up is that there's so much key position depth, yeah, um, and that is a, a, a big need of ours. We've got plenty of midfielders. If you get pick one, you draft Harley Reid, and we know that. Yeah, but anything outside that. If we trade, if we, if a Makai does go and we get like a top 10 pick for him and can draft another key forward or defender, I'm also not 
super unhappy with that outcome. I'd rather Mackay, but that's not a bad outcome to get out of it. This could be a really controversial thing to say, but Go for it. anyway, you tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah. If you look at our bookends, you look at Nikolaki and then you look at Mackay. Yeah. Mackay is the one that's replaceable for me. I agree. And I mean that's – And I don't feel good about it because no. Mackay's fantastic. And, I, but and I, I would – I would, my preference would be for him to stay. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I, you're right. I think that – and I don't have uh, – what's wrong with looking for a mature age recruit? I, I, I agree. I think this is something that we really need to explore as well, particularly with Todd Goldstein potentially yes, yes. retiring at the end of this year or if he decides to go one more year. I mean, I don't every year I say he could give go him again. An, I, you get, I'd be signing Goldie and Zeeble up now. Um, so <laughs> Absolutely, I would. <laughs> I would. I, I, would you? I, of course. Zeeble, yes. Goldstein, gotta, if he wanted to, yes. You, you, you give him you give him something you to play back at Ruck or give him, make him the Ruck coach or something. Like something. Keep him around the club whatsoever because we said before he epitomises shin bone. 100%. Spirit. So for me, it's like key position players take longer to develop. So look at the VFL. Like a Podsy Adley or a, a Sam Gibson and well, those you sort know, of guys. Even um, Scott Thompson came from Geelong VFL. Did he? And Ben know. Brown came from Werribee. So there's players and these yeah, very that, neither of them were – they were both in their early 20s when they came across. Tom Stewart for the Cats was like that too, wasn't he? Oh, he was a mature yeah, age. Liam yeah. Ryan was a mature age recruit. Yeah. So uh, Tim Kelly. Yeah. There's plenty. And a mature age recruit, they're what, in their early 20s. It's hardly – they're hardly no, pulling exactly. out the Zimmer frame. And the other thing I was going to I was gonna say before as well is Zeeble being th- – is he 31, 32? That's – these days is not – the decline of an AFL player for me. Like I think a lot of sports, you can go you go to mid-30s these days. Look what Danger, and I know Dangerfield's an at, at, at all-time talent. You know what I yeah. mean? Boomer Harvey would still be playing now if he hadn't been That's true. But I don't know. I just don't think when someone, I think in every sport we still have this mindset of someone turns 30 and they're done and I just don't believe it at all. In the 90s, absolutely, you're off a cliff. Yeah. But there's so much medicine, so much sports science. Picking up a guy who's 24 now, he could play for 10 years, eight, even eight years. That's still so much time. We could win a premiership with these players. And look, with all said and done, would I prefer to keep Mackay? Yes, of course mm. I would. You want to keep your cattle there and you want to build something together. That was the really pleasing thing with Zerha re-signing at the end of yes. last year. You know, he be- Bailey Scott too. You also want to know that they believe in where we're going and what we're doing. So mm. if Mackay turns around and says, nah, I'm out, well, that you kind of – you no, know, I, I that, agree. That it's a, it, it's it's worrying, sure, but at the same time, I don't think it's a doom and gloom situation. No, I, I agree with you. I think yeah, we Logue is better than Combin, right? In those positions. So yeah. if you lose Larky, you've got Combin who hasn't look. I love Charlie Combin, and he's starting to take marks. He was putting on heaps of forward pressure. And I think he'd be a great player. Yeah, but he hasn't shown it yet, right? Yeah. He was getting there, and I believed he was about to. He was going to have a breakout game pretty soon. Definitely. But you know, Larky's a much more established player, and but our backup to Mackay is Logue, and mm-hmm. Logue I think is great. I so, agree. Yeah. All right. Jeez, these are hard hitting questions. Are. I'm getting stressed, and I wrote them. <laughs> this is wild. Um. Simkin and McDonald captaincy. How do you think that's going? Okay. I think that Simkin's press conference today was really impressive. That helped, yeah. We touched on that before. Yep. 
I like the co-captain thing. I never thought I would and and I never okay. thought I'd be someone who'd be on board, but I like that it's McDonald and Simpkin. It was an internally led thing. You've got McDonald who for me is the leader off field. He takes most of the press conferences. He's the morale guy at the club. You yeah. know, he brings everyone together. He's the team spirit energy. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Simpkin who I think, you know, he sets the pace on field. He's had yeah. a really good few years. He alongside Luke, yeah. Mc, uh, Luke McDonald, LDU, it works. He's the natural choice for that role. The hard thing mm. is that we've had a hard start to the year on field. Yes. And for me, neither of them have stood up enough. Yeah. Maybe Simkin today was the turning point. Yeah. But I don't think... While I like them as co-captains and in theory I really like it, I don't think either of them have been strong enough Yeah, for me to sit here and say this is working for me right now. I actually sort of have a different opinion with I don't think – I don't like the co-captaincy at all. And I think it splits blame and it – if one out of the two of them are performing, I think it reflects worse on our leadership. So like – Luke McDonald's first month of the year I thought was really good. Um, but I don't think he's been very good. I don't think he's been droppable. Like, uh, you know, he's, he's solid enough and I wouldn't drop him at all. But I don't think you have to be named captain to be able to be a leader off the field. Like, do I think um, Zebel is still the captain of this team, day, like game day? Yeah, I do. And I don't know if that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, he shows with his actions on field as well. And I... I kind of get the feeling that he's probably the one in the team talks as well saying things. I think Jai can be a fantastic captain. I, I think he was the right pick. And I think going forward he'll get his game to a level where he he can perform on the field and back it up with talk off the field. I think Jai Simkin talks way better than Luke McDonald talks off the field. If, if Luke McDonald is organising team events and things, that's awesome and that, that's stuff we absolutely need. But does that mean you should be captain of a footy club? I don't think so. And I love that he's a North guy through and through. And, you know, at the start of the year, I liked the co-captaincy and he was someone that because he is a North Melbourne fan growing up, that's the sort of stuff we needed in our leadership. But a co-captain, I, do, I don't want it. Do you think Simkin's strong enough to be the cap- the sole captain of the football club? I think he can be. I do. But now or he can be in a few years' time? Uh, I think he can be now. I think if more pressure was on him, I think, like today showed, I think he can step up a little bit and cop the criticism. Okay, that's fair. But I don't think – I don't know if Luke McDonald can be that guy. I think Luke McDonald is that heart and soul guy, but I don't I – don't, if Luke McDonald talked today, I wouldn't have felt as good about it. I don't know why. I don't even know really why I can answer that, but that's how I it's feel about it. It's just a gut it. feeling. Yeah, I, I don't think Luke McDonald's performances haven't been up to scratch and then him coming and talking about how we need to be better doesn't reflect well with, when the guy is saying we need to be better isn't performing. But Simpkin, I know a couple of his efforts were poor and David King highlighted that, but generally I thought he had a really good game and he's always in the middle and he's impacting games and he can be a spark and I think that's a guy – that can lead the club. He talks better. I think he can show it on the field more. I don't know. It's, I, I kind of just go with my gut and try and explain it off the top of my head without thinking about no, it. No, no, you know it makes I mean? sense. It makes sense. For me, the one thing that worries me about Simkin, and mm. it's it's a, it's, a, it's a weird – he's passionate. 
right? Yeah. He's really passionate. He seems to me like he wants to be here as well. But sometimes the way he shows passion is by ripping some guy's GPS off. Yes, yes. Or being a little bit He is 24 though and I think that's the other thing So as maybe well. that's where McDonald comes in. He's a yes, slightly more true. mature level head. It's now, true. Zee- I want to go back to Zeebul for a second. Yeah, that's fine. Because I think Zeebul – I. Uh, Jack Zebul is one. Is, I don't care what anyone says. He's one of the, the best captains that we've ever had. Abs- I agree, absolutely. To lead the cl- now, people can think he's weak. I don't. Whatever people want to say about him, to lead the club through it is its darkest period, and what absolutely. he was able to do and come out of it on the other side, I think, is remarkable. Still put his after going through all that last three years and still backing into contests like we're in a prelim final 100%. is wild. Yeah, for me, him stepping down as captain was the best thing that he did for his career. I think he's just playing yeah, okay. with a lot more freedom. He's playing with a lot more. He's just having fun with football, and then yeah. he's really reaping in the rewards. Mm. The thing for me with Zebul is that he is he's playing he's always going to take that leadership role mm. but he knows that he walks sometimes he walks a fine line I'm comparing this to the undisciplined acts of Simpkin yes you know. yep yep Paul Curtis and this is against St Kilda too Paul Curtis was tunneled yes. taking a mark in the forward pocket or in the back where whenever it was against St Kilda yeah Jack Zebel was there he went up to the St Kilda player and had a word with him and then he walked away yeah he knew he walked the fine line he's standing up for his teammate but mm. then he's walking away and he's just he's leaving it at a bit of lip and that's it and I think while maybe you know the an umpire could take that in the wrong way and they could overreact and they could say oh yeah 50 meters oh yeah whatever whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but for me that's the difference between the maturity and the experience that Zebul has, which yeah. Simkin for me doesn't have yet. Now, would I have for me? I I thought that Z, that Simkin would be the standalone captain. Yes, I did too. Uh, at the, when when the new captains were appointed, would I have an issue with us sticking with co-captains for a couple of more years, and then McDonald taking a back seat and Simkin does it on his own? Yeah. No problem with that whatsoever. And ninety nine percent of the time, I think I'm with you, and I think mm. Simkin could be the guy. But then you look at what he's done with the GPS. It has he's been he was suspended earlier in the year as well for something else silly that he's done. He still has a bit of learning to do, and I think that I just don't think he can really afford mm. to do those sorts of things and kind of lose yeah. his temper and be you know. Yes, he's frustrated that he's not playing well. Yes, he's passionate and he wants us to play well and win. Mm. Got to rather show that in your performance yeah, uh, and in your leadership ability than doing something stupid. It'll be interesting to see what he does for the rest of the year then because I feel like that was maybe the the, the, the biggest example of those brain fades maybe he has as a leader acting rash instead of acting, you know, like Zeeb, like Zeebo doesn't having a word. Um, I think that was the time he was pointed out the most. I think the press conference today is, is a example of a turning point yeah. for him as well. Um, and like I said, I, you know, I didn't even, when I was just ranting before about why I don't like the co-captains, I really do believe that if McDonald got up and did that press conference today, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Because Simpkin did it, I do. There's sincerity about it, you think? I, I, I just, I'm not seeing McDonald as that. Because McDonald didn't play well. Like if he's going there and underperforming and then he's the one that steps up and goes, oh, we're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. It just feels like they're saying, oh, glad we got the four points. Yeah. Well, just played my role. Like all that generic stuff. But yeah. Simpkin, 
apart from those brain fade, like a couple of little brain fades, I think he played a very good game and I think he's had a very good year when he's been playing. So him coming out and saying it, someone I feel like in my gut is the le- is going to be the leader of this club going forward. I don't know. I just I respect what he says more and I don't know if I can ex- explain it more than that. It's just a gut feel, but I just do. No, and sometimes you have those gut feelings. I I love Luke McDonald and Oh yeah. and it is the he's been a north boy since the day he was born you Mm. know what I mean so for me I think having him there for now and having them as co-captains at the moment it works for me maybe it's not having the impact that we hoped it would Mm. but time will tell I mean we could be sitting here in a couple years time and thinking okay now's the time that McDonald passes the baton and steps down for me that's how I see it working Mm. maybe and and maybe all of this is overshadowed because of how Zeebel's performed this year. Yeah, both, that's actually a good point, yeah. Both his on-field performance and then his ability still to Because if Zeebel was lead, maybe underperforming, we'd be like, Jai needs to captain this. But, yeah, I think you're right. Or someone else needs to step else, up. Yeah. But Zeebel's still relishing in that role. I agree. That's a good um, point. So I think for now it's all kind of working. Mm. But if one of those pieces is taken out of the equation, say, at the end of the year or, you know, the start of next year or whatever it is, yeah. then maybe the conversation looks different. Jeez, you've got good insight. Marnie. This is why we got you here. This is why, I'm tell- <laughs> this is why I talked you up at the start of the podcast. Deep I try, insight. guys. I try. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, all right. <laughs> what is a successful season from here? I st- Okay. I don't know if I'm how to Just go. Crazy. You- I want us to win five games yeah. for the year. I agree with putting a number of games on it because we need – I know a lot of people are like, oh, we don't need the games. I think we do need to win games. We, we need to do. show these people that we can win games and why they keep putting in the effort. You can't just be like, oh, we won two games but we played a lot better because it didn't matter because you didn't win the games. No, and so. I, I – we it's going to mean we pull a couple rabbits out of – out of the hat, we have Standard West Coast. Standard Richmond win every year. We've got. We still have to play Richmond. We've got West Coast at, at Optus Stadium. I would be confident for Sydney this year. week too if we didn't have as many injuries. I was going to say that might not be the worst thing in the world. I think the injury thing maybe isn't so bad because there are players that we know can come back and fill some of the spots, mm. and some players that maybe should have already been in the side. Callum Coleman Jones. Yeah. So <laughs> who, who said that though? No, I mean, not me. I, no, I wasn't take calling a shot for that. every time we've mentioned CCJ coming yeah. back into the side. No, I mean, I said it. <laughs> clearly, North. Don't listen to this podcast. Um, they should start. Yeah, they should. Um, so I, I want – at the end of the day, I'm a fan. I have not seen a lot of wins over the past years. None no. of us have, right? It's hard. I'm, oh, honourable losses don't mean anything for me. No, I mean, look, there's only so much time that that better performance against St Kilda – like that performance is gone now after we played on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, exactly. And, yes, I was impressed with what we showed against Carlton. Yeah. And, yes, I was impressed with what we that showed against St Kilda. <laughs> yeah. But we lost both the games at the end of the day. Yeah. And losing games, whether you lose them by one point – whether you lose them by 30 points or whether you lose them by 10 goals, it's Mm. still a loss at the end of the day. And do I think that we are seeing improvements week to week? Yes, I do, despite the fact that some games we're losing by more than others. I don't think they're all coming together in one go, though. And I think when it clicks – well, I think – no, but I think when it clicks, we'll see a win. Yes. We have to. We have to. There's no way we can't – We didn't think we were beating Richmond last year. No, there's no – maybe we've got to sack another coach. 
Well, I did say at the start of the year, I was like, we should just pretend to fire Clarkson for a week and then bring him back the week after. Let, him, let Darren Crocker come in. Maybe Clarko has an illness. Not Brett Ratton. No. Interesting. Give Josh Gibson the, the the coaching role for a week. Our record under Darren Crocker is <laughs> superb. Oh, God. God I'm really Crocker clutching at straws there. here, guys. Oh, oh God. No. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but I think that we have to – why can't we set that expectation yeah, of winning games? Because it's a number that you work towards. You can't work towards a statement, can you? And maybe you? I'm ha- clinging on to the West Coast and the Fremantle wins. But we know that's that is somewhere deep down. Yeah, we can clearly so we can find clearly it, it. Yeah. and bring it yeah. and win games. Yeah, I mean, we play West Coast again. We play Hawthorne again. There's got to be one random win in there somewhere. I think that could get us to five. I'd be happy with five to six wins. I think after the first few weeks I was thinking more, but clearly that died pretty quickly. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think you do have to put a number of wins to try and get to. If you don't get it, don't be all upset and, you know, it's all doom and gloom. No. But. You need to set an expectation Aspire as a number to, to try and get there. Absolutely. Because I don't think you can't put an exact measurement on they need to be better. Because does that mean what if they stop right now? I think we're better, but it is not good. So I think Where's you're right. Where's the proof that we're better? Exactly. There's you no know. results to prove that we're better. Like us watching the games, we know we're better than last year. Like they're, they're clearly better than last year. But we're still losing by we're the same margin. We're still losing games. So it's. The only way that we're ever going to get respect as a football team is to start getting wins on the board. Make some statements. I agree. All right. Have I got any more? No. That is all the (sighs) hard-hitting questions. Wow. Building up a sweat here. (laughs) I know. I know. I should open the window. Hard-hitting questions. I, I was, like I said, I'm stressed and I wrote those and I was still stressed answering them. It's because it's because we want the club to succeed it's true. more than anything else. So oh, I think, I you know, so there's only so much that you can really sit here and cop week in, week out. True. Um, all right. We're going to go Sean Atley club champ votes. Um, for you, actually, I don't know if you listened to the first podcast or not. The Sean Atley club champ is, I'll give the three, two, one. It's like the podcast Brownlow. Okay. Right? But I gave it the Sean Atley name because. Your favourite player. I lo- we talked about Sean Atley <laughs> a little bit. I love Sean Atley and. I can't remember a 10 out of 10 Sean Atley game, but I also can't remember anything under a six. And Serviceable. I, I just think he was solid. He played his role and he's a guy that he epitomises just putting the work in and getting a result. You know, the guy played in finals, played 200 games, but I don't think anyone... How he got there, we'll never know. No, but by, by, <laughs> being ask a, questions. by being a solid player that would be very <laughs> handy in this team right now. Um, so, LDU got the three votes for me. Yeah. I think he was our best player, even though he went off with a hamstring injury, he was still able to be our best player. Um, oh, stupid hamstring. Anyway, Nick Larkey got the two from me, I think. Four goals. Um, he was leading much better and our players were hitting him, but he was converting still, you know, two votes for him. And Bailey Scott gets the one vote. I thought he was very, very good. I think people are always – he seems to be creeping in as a bit of a scapegoat for people at the moment, but I, I'm a fan of Bailey Scott and I don't really think he's had a – awful game that he should have been dropped from. No, I agree with that. But, yeah, I think he was really, really good, clean, always around the contest and provided a tiny bit of polish when we had zero. Okay. So he gets the one from me. There you go, Bailey. But Harry Sheasel's still leading this race almost by double. Wow, unsurprising. Um, Sheasel's on 13 votes for the season. Larky's on eight. LDU seven. Steve O'Cunnington five. 
uh, Logue, Zeeble, four, and Zerha, three. Then there's scatters of twos and ones under there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, should we just give it to Sheezel now? He's probably our best player of the season. Could he win our best and fairest? Yeah, I think it's between him and – I think it's between him, him and Zeeble. Zeeble. I don't know, Zeeble's uh, a bit – One of our bit, oldest and our youngest players. Zeeble's a bit far down on that list. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I think Zeeble's – I mean, Zeeble got votes last week. Um, I think Zeeble's played really well. The games he stood out the most in has been the games that we've all played quite well. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But I also try not to just pick the typical best players. I try and the who I thought was maybe, and that's why I think I gave Bailey Scott a vote because I don't think everyone else will think he had a good game. Okay, that's But fair. I think he had a really good game and it's it's this podcast list. It's the Sean right? Atley Club champ. It's, yeah, you, you know the name. People probably don't. I uh, do. Thank you so much. <laughs> it actually means a lot. That means a lot. Um, maybe we do – what else have we got in here? A quick a quick round review maybe so we can pretend that one day our team will be good. Let's um, do it. Did you watch many other games? Uh, I watched the Melbourne Hawthorne game ah. and I also watched the end of the Carlton Bulldogs game. I did as well. Oh. All right. Well, Friday night we had Richmond and Geelong. That was Richmond's grand final. <laughs> that was Richmond's grand <laughs> final. I mean, I would have liked to see Richmond lose. Maybe they could have been – Fighting it out with us down for the wooden spoon. I'm a big fan of the cats too. I know that most people really. See, yeah, I can't stand see, a lot of people are like you, whereas like nothing made me happier than watching Patrick Dangerfield win a premiership. I like Patrick year. Dangerfield. I think it's just I I'm one. I'm over them being good all the time, um, and just putting some no I'm name not. play. Oh well. <laughs> well, go be a cats fan then. No no no. Um, but a lot of half of my friendship group are Geelong fans. Okay. And I don't know a fan base that gets so upset over very minor things when they're still very good. Well, that's that's the privilege here's a, here's of being really good. I went I went on a date with a girl last year the same night that we beat Richmond, right? Wowie. Yeah. So I because clearly I thought we were going to get belted, so I wasn't going to stay and watch it. I um, I checked the score and I couldn't believe it. We'd won a game. I was so happy. And oh so she's God. like, I'll check the Cats score. She was a Cats fan. Okay. They played Carlton that night yeah. and they won by about 30-odd points. Would have been disappointed it wasn't, what, 10 goals? And she and she looks at the box score and she's looking at the stats and she goes, oh, it's just not good enough. And I'm thinking, what are you talking I about? I wish I had that luxury. Your, your team's winning. And she goes, Blitzarv's got four turnovers, too many turnovers. And she was complaining about like one player's turnovers even though they won about by about 30 points. I wish that was my life. Yeah. How good would that be? <laughs> that would be great. Our 15-year-old our apprentice at the barbershop is a Cats fan. He came in after round two and goes, I've only seen like seven losses in my <laughs> in my life. This is so <laughs> weird. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, let's fire this guy. No, he's all right. Um, and I was bantering one of my best mates, Nigel. Nigel, I love you for listening. Um, and I was bantering him after they lost three in a row. Yeah. And I went up to him, mate, what's the wooden spoon going to taste like? And he goes, oh, did we lose games? I don't watch till September anyway. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's the confident. And look, my hatred to the cats is out of respect. Yeah. Because they're so good. They but, are so good. Um, anyway, there's more games to talk about. West Coast, Gold Coast, Battle of the Coasts. Uh, yuck, don't want to watch any of these teams play, but I'm glad the Gold Coast did them by 70. Big win for the Suns and Eagles yeah. came out with more injuries. No, seriously though, I don't know how they're going to field a team. No, it's wild. Well, they did week. last year. They've got the waffle players. They can. Yeah. Didn't they bring someone out of retirement again this year, like last year? Oh, you're testing me here. I don't know. Anyway, that's what I think I, I heard. do know last year De- Declan Mountford played for West Coast. <laughs> against, oh, my pl- God. Against North. I 
Again, round two when we beat them by, Declan what, 15 Mountain. points. And Declan Mountain got the call up. Oh, my God. There you I go. Not There's heard. a blast in the blast. It's like when I heard Ryan – I didn't know Ryan Clark played for the Plays Swans. Sydney, yeah. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea. There you go, blast in the past. Wowee. Um, geez, Matt Rowell's good at football, isn't he? It must be all the grass that he's eating. Yeah, I know. It's that <laughs> vegan diet of his. Oh, he's so good. Anyway, he is good. Yeah, they're, looking, they're actually looking really good, the Suns. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever get there, though. You know what I mean? No, like, they won't. They'll, they'll look good and then the players will be like, well, I'll just go play in Melbourne. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the Gold Coast is an awful place to um, put a franchise of any sporting team, apparently. It's good for them for now, though. I'm pats, happy they're happy. Pat's on the back. Well yeah. done, guys. Um, they make us look like we've got a big fan base, too. They so do, which is that we keep them around for that reason. Um, Sydney and Fremantle. Fremantle getting a win. Good game. Luke Jackson. Yeah. Fremantle He's finally showing the fruits of mm, all know, of paying the, them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, shipping all that big two meters of man over there, the shipping cost would have been high. So I'm glad, he I'm play- glad he's playing well. <laughs> he is. He is playing well, and the Swans came out all guns blazing at the start. So Freya mm. kind of pulled, uh, you know, kind of pulled away, and then the Swans challenged, but Freya were too good in the end. It was a good yeah. win for them away from home. Don't know how I feel. I watched a lot of Fremantle living over in Perth, and I yes. do have a soft spot for them. Mm. But um, yeah, we. Weird, weird year for them. Yeah. Does Bit this mean that we're a better team than we think because we beat Fremantle and Fremantle just beat a team that was in the grand final last year? But I'm taking it. Take I'll take that. anything I can get at this point. And add Callan Common-Jones as nine goals on and we would have belted them. We would have. Uh, Hawthorne, Melbourne. I mean, at one point it was looking devastating for the Hawks. The Hawks are better than us, aren't they? And I hate saying that. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating because they really just have Box Hill running around in their side. Yeah, but they're, you can see this is what we need to start doing now is like they've got a core of players nobody knows who have no experience and I don't think any of them are great. But they're all they've all got a base of like a five out of ten. Yeah, and they it's it's that they're competing u- it's, too. It's the unit. They, they work really hard as a unit. But yeah. I, I think on the flip side, Melbourne's just so good. They are very, very good. They're still my premiership tip, I said at the start of the year, and I'm sticking with it. Uh Brisbane, Essendon. Essendon are falling. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, Thanks, Brad. <laughs> you don't hate. You don't hate to see that. No. Joe Danaher was excellent with his bag of six against his old team too. Um, yeah, Brad Scott. How do you how do you feel about Brad Scott going to Essendon when he went there? I'm happy for him. I think coaching's yeah. in his in his DNA, and yeah. I actually think he's a, he's he's not a bad coach. No, he got us to two prelims. I yeah. mean, no one remembers it. Like, I, I, I do. Oh yeah, we do because that's what we've got to cling on to yeah. in, in in life. No, but, but everyone remembers the elimination finals. That's true. And that's what really matters. Sorry, Richmond and Geelong. Not um, sorry. Not sorry at all. No. I'll, I might go rewatch this game. <laughs> they had one of those games after this. They put the, the, the Essendon North Melbourne um, 2014 finals game on I've KO. seen that so many times I can probably just commentate half of it. Next podcast, a live commentary oh, God, on the game. You, yeah, all right, done. That actually wouldn't be a bad idea for an off-season. We can do some special comments. All right, fantastic. Done. You can down the boundary line with Marty. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, done. Um. Carlton Western Bulldogs, the score flatters the Bulldogs. Um, they ran away with it very, very late. It was a very, very close game up until the last like 10 minutes of the fourth. So I'm going to be annoying and say I like Carlton. I like well. Carlton too. And I also copper a lot of unnecessary hate. I actually am, I've got a soft spot for the Wizards. I'm a big Charlie Kerner fan. Like I love yes. Charlie Kerner. No, I like Charlie Kerner too. I don't think there's, I like the Blues and I, if the Blues won the premiership, I'd be like, that's good. I, that's, I, I'm that's happy right. for them. But they're not going to it. I don't even think they're going to play finals. No, it's wild. And that will also make me happy in a weird way. <laughs> 
way. Um, it was funny at the Carlton North Melbourne game on Good Friday, we were sitting in Bay 29 with our cheer squad. And then when the Blues ran away with it in the third, all these fans in the next bay were starting to really rip into us. They were standing up saying, you're a nothing club, blah, blah, blah. So one of the guys turns around and goes, how's the 25-year-old rebuild still missing finals last year? And you could see the hurt and on like, their face. Aww. They stopped. It, you could just wow. see last year's Collingwood game is still such them. a big wound and oh, it just 100%. broke them down from all the banter. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. You just have to give them a look and they know. Yeah, they know. Yeah. Um, but, good yeah, win. good on good the Bulldogs. Good win by the dogs. Yeah. But, yeah, um, as a as – a, person with a soft spot for Carlton. You won't hear you won't hear too many people who like Geelong and have a soft spot for Carlton. So It's true. You're a rare breed. Um, <laughs> no, I, the Blues are crazy, aren't they? Because I think if the Blues play finals and don't win one, I still think that's not good enough for them. They've got a Brownlow medalist and two Coleman medalists, even though one of them can't kick anything but a snap and still put it out of bounds in the full, um, even though I'd have him in our team in a second. Um, I don't know. That's too much top tier A grade talent on a list with Jera and Saad and it's all the these guys. It's mentality though. Yeah. But I that's mean, you've what got I think Bri- we've got, got too. Well, you've got Brian Cook coming out. We're in a very different spot to where I know we are. are, but mentality wise, I think the Blues are still scarred from not making it all those They've years. They've got a loser mentality and I know it's awful to say, but you've got Brian, and I can't speak because I'm an old Melbourne supporter, but... <laughs> Take this with a grain of salt, guys. You've got you've got Brian Cook coming out and saying, "I don't think our supporters will be disappointed if we don't make finals." You've got what are you Chera, talking? Ligon Street will be burnt that. to the ground. I mean, what are you doing then? Yeah. Don't like what you know. Grant Thomas Thomas said something last year that yeah. really stuck with me. He was talking about St Kilda, but I think it applies to Carlton too. Mm. You got some teams who are in the premiership business, and you got some teams who are just happy playing football. Yes. And to me, Carlton just looks like a team that's happy playing football. Yeah. Yeah, no. And if I was a Carlton supporter, I'd be filthy. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, look, I can only imagine in however many years' time, say we've got three like A-grade, top-tier talents like that. They're even S-tier. They're above A-grade, right? They've got so much talent. Yeah, that it's just not It's just not clicking. But, look, I'll That's be happy if they problem. win and I'll be happy if they lose as well. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, other teams. We're not affected by yes, it. Yes, but if Carlton do bad, then they're not going to talk about us being bad as much and that is easier to deal with. I was kind of relying on St Kilda to be that that team for us and um well they, they did get belted through on the uh, weekend. I yeah, will they say. did they did lose by 52 points to the Adelaide Crows who the Crows once again are the example I use all the time where it's like I know zero of their players and Ben Keys. There's one. Ha- ne- I haven't heard of him. Tex Walker. I know Tex I know Tex Walker and Rory Sloan. Darcy Fogarty. No, no. I thought he played for Carlton. No, the is Fog. A, is there another Fog? Yeah, Darcy, 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 Hoggerty. Double fog. The, double the league's fog. not ready. League's uh, not Riley Philthorpe. I can't I Honestly can't don't know. It. I used to despise Adelaide as a club. They were, as a kid, they were the a club I hated the most. And it wasn't even Wayne Carey related. It was just I thought Adelaide was a bit gross and I thought their the colours are yuck and I still think they are. I mean, that's fair. But for me... I, there's something in the water in South Australia at the moment because oh, I, I think agree. I think Port and the Crows are the two most underrated teams in the competition at the moment. Mm. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but I think the ones we thought were good are good, and the ones we thought weren't aren't. So I don't know if that's because maybe from their performances, other than the lack of for teams around them, I think people rate Port pretty correctly. 
And people I think, just don't trust Port. No, I but think. you still. Sh- I don't think you should until they play finals. Yeah, that's true. Because mm. they've had moments where they've started the year like this. Yeah. Previously, and just fell over. Um, St Kilda's honeymoon's over, <laughs> which is I love to see it personally. Fantastic. <laughs> well, geez, hopefully no Saints fans are listening. Why? Why would they? No, seriously. <laughs> Collingwood GWS last round, uh, last game of the round. My sixty-five points for the Pies. Mm. Yeah, Pies D's would be a massive. Grand they are final the only one. two teams in the competition that I think, and maybe Brisbane. But I don't trust Brisbane either. But for me, Collingwood and the D's mm. are the only two sides for me right now I could say, yes, either Cats. of them could win. Well, they kind of had a bit of a hiccup on Friday night. Yeah. Geelong's always around the mark. But for me, yeah, it's true. right now we're coming sort of to, I, the, I to the second half. We're about to hit the second half of the year. And the de- and premierships are not won in the middle mm. of May, and I know that. No. but. For me, it's Collingwood and Melbourne. It's a toss-up for me between D's and Lions. I know where – I think the the Lions have this stigma of not being able to win in Melbourne, but they won in Melbourne and knocked the D's out last year. So mm. I feel like – and they've, they've come, also added – like they've, they've – you know, Josh added, Dunkley's made a huge yeah, difference And they've come to side. Melbourne and win this year as well. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think that hoodoo is over for the Lions and I don't really believe in those sort of things maybe as much as other people. I think it's a factor but a very, very minor one. Yeah. Um, it's like my one where, oh, they're playing – we're playing down in Tassie this week. We've got an advantage. It's an oval with That went out the window yeah. many years ago. No, not North <laughs> related, but you played the MC, the SCG and it's a wider thing so the Swans play it better. Just kick the ball a bit further towards the yeah, wing. Like it's sh- an oval. If you're a good sticks. side, you're going to show up and win games. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah, it would be a toss-up for me between D's and Lions for being the other one that might make the grand final besides Collingwood. But, but Collingwood are by far the best team in the league. And they're so good to watch. They are. I love watching them play. Well, the next uh, day cost is Harry Sheasel, so we'll be saying that about our team one day. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Please, Harry, save our From club. From your mouth to God's ears, Josh. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a word with him for you. Thank I'll you. I'll have a word with him with all my insights. That's about it. That's it. That's it. Well, this is a very long podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I hope people aren't sick of um, listening. <laughs> well, I was going to gonna say, if, if you're still listening to this, uh, it doesn't really tell me how long this thing's been going for. Long. But it, it's got to be about an hour and a half, I reckon. Okay, good chat. Um, <laughs> I think it's been a fantastic chat, actually. I think we know Marnie's insights are 10 out of 10. And, you know, if you need crunching sort of demonstrative energy, this is what happens. With you a come little in, bit of Hugh Greenwood. Well, and Jasper Pittard. And Jasper Pittard, of course. Jasper Pittard still plays for North Melbourne in our hearts. In my heart, absolutely. He still comes to every game with me, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, my scarf. Oh, God, <laughs> hold on, your scarf. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening through this whole episode. Uh, I think the hot questions are going to be uh, good to listen back to and maybe when I get other people on, I'll try and grill them too. Um, but I can't see anyone handling them as well as you did. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Josh. It has That's been right. an honour. And, yeah, if you've made it to the end, <laughs> well done to you. How was your first experience on the Further North podcast? Obviously, we're doing it in person, which you said isn't a common event for you. No, this is my first in-person pod. Yep. So it's been great. Um, and hopefully everyone listening thinks so too. And yes. they'll want me back again. Well, and you we'll want see. me back again too. I'll let you know later. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm 50-50 right now. Oh, it's God. such a long comment you made before which is oh, making no, me feel, shot myself feel a bit uncomfortable. Foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you couldn't answer the question who's next after Jasper Pittard and Hugh Greenwood, who's the next uh, one of those. So maybe next time you're on, I'll get you to have a think. And okay. next time you're on, I want you to answer. Once Greenwood goes, who's the next Starboy? He might you? not even be here yet. 
<sighs> Harley Reid. I don't <laughs> want to put that sort of pressure on <laughs> No, we're going to win more games, guys. It's going to be fine. I don't want to end Harley's career before oh it begins. <laughs> no, Harley, it's fine. You need to be here. Clarko will send you to the promised land. All right, that's enough. I need to go have a nap after all of that. Yeah. Um, I think all in all, you know, hard-hitting questions. We did positives and negatives. I still do think we're in the right direction. I just think it's going to take longer than we thought. And there's going to be so much more turnover than maybe I thought there would be as well. But overall, I am still positive about the direction we're in. Just going to take a bit longer than originally thought. Just try and enjoy the ride and come to as many games as you can. Yes, yes. There's going to be more Bay 29 uh, events in the future with the Close to a Flag guys as well. So I'll advertise all of that. Maybe we'll get Marnie down and she can lead the cheer squad for a few Kanga Kanga Kangas. If I'll give that St Kilda TikTok girl a run for her money. Yeah, true. I mean, you could be bigger or better than her. Oh, God. No, Don't she, even. she is good. Yeah, honestly, I do like watching <laughs> Don't those try me. Nah, that's too, I'm putting way too much pressure <laughs> on you, but I know you rise to the occasion. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, Further North Podcast on Facebook, uh, Further North Pod on Instagram. We're always going to get your thoughts and feedback. I'm going to ask you one more question before we go. All time, who's your favourite North Melbourne player? Brent Harvey. Oh. Standard but fantastic choice. And if I'm going to go left field, Lindsay Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay was good. He Heart on sleeve. Yeah, he was good. I loved him with all my heart. But I think you can't be a North person and No, and he, he was fantastic. Yeah. Bags of seven and five and kicking goals with no shoes on and stuff like that. He did it all. He was electric. Who's yeah. your favourite obscure player that is just no one would remember? Well, everyone remembers Jasper because I make sure they remember Jasper. You know what? I'll give you Jasper Pittard. I Thank have a you. weird like I have a weird place for Shannon Watt in my heart and Lee Harding. They're the oh, two. Lee Harding was a ripper. Yeah, he was good. Do you know who else I loved? And I, it's, I mean, it was ninety percent for the comedy and ten yeah. percent for the skill. Oh, oh, was no. Nathan Grimer. Oh, Nathan Grimer. That one goal he kicked against Essendon, his one career goal. Oh, so good. What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Hey, Essendon legend Nathan Grimer went back there for the top-up oh, players did as too. well. Did yes, actually, a funny story. We're, we're rambling here. Turn off the podcast if you don't care about this. But <laughs> I shouldn't say that to people, whatever. Stay listening. Stay yes, listening. Yeah. Important story. Yeah, it is a good story. So, you know, have you ever heard of that um, NBA guessing game, Podal? No, but... Tell so me. it's Podal is a game basically where you pick an NBA player and it tells you like what conference, what tell, what team they might play for, what conference, division, their height, their number, and you've got to work out from clues yeah. who this player is. So you've it's got like guess guessing. who. Yeah, basically guess who, yeah. right? There's an AFL version. Oh, so I did it at the barbershop. That's when, uh, so good. Yeah, 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 with uh, one of my coworkers once. And there was a Legends mode. <laughs> so we were like, okay – we know maybe more legends than current players. Yeah, okay. Because I'm I'm old now. So we did it and we couldn't guess this player. We're thinking, who is this guy? Bombers player, you know. And the, the it's legends, by the way. Okay. You know, this is what AFL legends or okay. AFL, yeah. The player we got was James Kelly for the Bombers. Essendon. Top-up player. Yeah, a top-up player. Is. Not even Geelong James Kelly. That's got, clutching at straws. Because it said Essendon. I'm thinking, who is this guy? Midfielder, blah, blah, blah. James Kelly. The game, whoever runs that game, fix yourself. There's your feedback enough. if you run that game. Exactly. I'm sure they're listening. Nathan Grimer, I probably would have guessed for Essendon because, you know, his time there was glorious. But He's always on your mind. What was his nickname? Nani. Nani, that's it. Oh, 
Sorry, I'm, I'm getting nostalgic. I, lo- I just, I loved him. He just seems like the best guy, doesn't he? If you can find it, it was 2013. That was the year he kicked that goal. He was interviewed at the Sid Barker medal. Yeah. See if you can find it on YouTube somewhere. It is Fantastic. the funniest interview you will ever watch, hands down. That's awesome. That's he- homework for this week. Yeah. Unreal. Well, that's enough Nathan Grimer <laughs> chat. What a way to end the podcast on Nathan Grimer chat. Uh, thank you again, guys. Follow everything. Uh, leave me If you leave me a five-star review, I will read your comment on Apple. What's the other one? Spotify, Spotify is the other one. You can comment what you think of the episode down below. I'll read your comments out. Thank you to everyone who's liked it uh, and shared it around with their mates. I'm sure Marnie will be back. Uh, I can see she's had a great time and got through those questions okay. And who knows what we'll do in the future. So. Any parting words for the, the listeners, Marty? Thanks for having me. That's, that's all. Right. I, that's I've said way more than I need to, so we'll leave it at that. That is true. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, and we'll uh, yeah, hear from you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Further North podcast. We'll be back next week with more great North chat. See you then, Bruce fans. <laughs>